So Whitney, I'm not entirely sure why I'm sitting here. I was kind enough to let you back into my home. I appreciate that, man. It's well, it, it's tough to record a podcast standing on a porch, you know, staring well, I let, staring I'll, longingly through a, through a front door window. I, I let you in, yeah, and you came down here, and since you know where everything is at, you set all this stuff up. I just I got to business, and um, the only reason I'm sitting here is because you actually put cookies on the table. <laughs> yeah, <right>. and. <laughs> I didn't even put the headphones on. You put the headphones on, then you ran over there giggling like the proverbial schoolgirl. Yeah, well, it's to your seat. It's like Captain Picard in his robe running through a Jeffrey's tube. Yes. That's how I giggle. Yes, yes. yes. <laughs> All right, let's let's see if we can pull this out. I don't think I've recovered from the from the Picard thing yet, but let's just let's see if there's any redeeming anything redeeming here. Fair enough. I'm gonna throw a couple things out here, and I, I think I know where the first one's gonna land. All right. All right. Transporter room number three. No. <laughs> I'm glad you're I'm glad you think this is funny, Whitney. <laughs> All right. Spock or, or data? Which one? Spock or data? Definitely Spock. Okay. All right. Yes, definitely Spock. Right, I can, I can yep. I can work with that. All right. McCoy. Uh-huh. Or Crusher. Ooh. McCoy. Definitely McCoy. Okay, I thought good, good, good. Okay, all right. I thought we were going to have a strike. Okay. No, 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 no. I'm just thinking through my options here, but yeah, definitely McCoy. Okay. Yeah. All right. So this is going to be a little different. All right. Jerry Ryan. Okay. She was seven of nine. Seven of nine. Yep, got it. Or Marina Sirtis, who was Counselor Troy. Oh, geez. Jerry or Marina? Hangs in the balance. Yeah, I'm going Jerry Ryan. We're in. Deal. We're doing yeah, this. Yeah, okay. Let's yes. do it. Welcome to the Broken Token Classic Arcade and Pinball Podcast. Brent, after that rousing intro, I'm glad you have found. I'm glad you found the enthusiasm again. I'm, I'm so dude. glad we've got some common ground. Yeah, yeah. You know? Well, it, you know, we, we we redeemed ourselves. You don't have Both to agree on everything. No, but I think you know, there's enough there that I think. Yeah, yeah I got to agree on that. I was really sweating it. I thought, man, on the McCoy Crusher thing, I thought you're going to hate it when you have to leave. But, yeah, you know, yeah, no, I, I get it. Okay, I get it, all right, man. Good, good. We're in. I get okay. it. I get it. So, arcade pinball, we're back. We all are right. back. Episode forty-six, dude. We are <laughs> towards the end of September, but we will. This will be the September episode over our dead bodies. We'll get it out by the end of September for everybody's uh, listening and uh, <laughs> listening pleasure and enjoyment. Well, you know, we get enough feedback that I think people like us. That's I nice think so. Liked. And we've got a lot you know? to go. Dude, did you take a look at how much is there? I, I mean, did. there's I there's did. a lot there. So we've got we got a lot of feedback to get through. But uh, before we get into that man uh, how about let's talk about let's talk about our month man what's uh what's been going on with you man well actually quite a few things actually, yep uh and this time around actually a lot of arcade things did you happen to notice what's new down here yes man and i noticed that and i, I do have to say in in full transparency i don't know that i would have immediately noticed it had i not been looking at the show notes ahead of time <laughs> But uh, that is that I is really kind of hoping that you would kind of just miss it. The, yeah, 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 yeah. But no, I, I read through. But uh, yes, that's one nice looking F fourteen Tomcat, man. It, and it kind of surprised me that you filled the hole that is, uh, you know, destined for Ghostbusters. But tell you know, t- tell me the story on that, or tell us the story on that. Well, 
it was offered up and we've talked about the hacks group before on facebook yeah the, yep. um and i i don't have the acronym hoosiers i, I think it's the hoosier arcade console Col- and collector society is that what it is I, that's okay. what i think it is well for all intents and purposes we are honorary hoosiers so good we have access to the group yes and yes. we thank all the hacks members uh, oh so dearly but uh the f14 tomcat went up by uh hacks member joe and i'm not going to go ahead and you know we're no. Yes. Joe isn't clear. Yeah, hasn't yeah. cleared it. So we're just exactly. going to go with Joe. Yeah, and yeah. I have to use some first names in my updates as well. So, yes, I, I get it. So Joe put his F-14 up for sale. He decided it was time to kind of move it on. And I like the looks of it. It was a nice, clean machine. It, it looked is. like it was in great shape. Yeah. The reds on the cabinet are, are vibrant. The play field's in great shape. And, you know, Joe had a good price on it. So, hey, brought it home. <laughs> <laughs> made a made a run up to Indy, and you know while I was up there, I visited Chris and Felicity Fitzpatrick, yeah, and I picked up the Stern cab that I mentioned on the last show. So yeah. just kind of made a little breeze through Indy and brought a couple games back. Well, good deal, good deal. The road trips are always fun, man. So when when you talk to Chris, did he tell you what happened to my trailer when the last time I went up to talk to uh, see him? No. Yeah, I've had uh, I, I've been trailer challenged. I'll I'll, I'll get into now, that. Is this the I, new trailer or yes, the old trailer? No, the new trailer. The new trailer, man. Okay. So uh, I, I ran into some road problems, but uh, we'll I'll, I'll talk about that oh, in just well, a little bit. Right. Yeah, yeah. So well, real quick, this will actually lead into a later segment. In the tech segment, we're going to talk a little uh, switch matrix, what switches, you know, how they function in pins and videos, and a little System 11 specific stuff. When when I picked the game up, you know, Joe gave me the rundown on it, and it had a couple little issues, had a stick and flipper, yeah. and while I was there, it tilted on me, and, you know, there, I wasn't moving the game, and actually the plumb bob was taken out of it. So uh, uh, I tracked that down pretty pretty handily, and we'll get into that a little bit later on the, in the tech section. So uh, look forward to that. No, it's good. It's good when you know when the stuff that you do for the show, or I'm sorry, the stuff that you do for your collection that gets talked about on the show leads into content for the show. Oh, so yeah. yeah, so that that's good. That's good. So hopefully, it'll be some good information, yeah. a little education maybe to kind of pass along, learn from some of my mistakes, and then something somebody else can turn around and use to work on their equipment yeah fair enough that's good all right now past that my niece emma who has been on the show she was i think no not this year at Louisville arcade expo uh the year prior or maybe even the year year prior maybe even the year before that if if she's been on two shows she turned 13 okay so she wanted to have a kind (laughs) of a retro-y kind of game room fun kind of Saturday. Yeah. And what we ended up doing was, well, even let me back up before that, I I hadn't turned the game room on in weeks. I want to say that was even talked about on the last show. Yeah. Turn the game room on. And I was happy to see that every, well, almost everything came up. Okay. Everything came up. Everything was fine. I didn't have, you know, any destroyed monitors. All the pins came up. Star Castle, however, was dead. The lights were on, but nobody was home. Hmm. And uh, I was none too happy. 
I love that game. I, so, I mean, so what are you doing with it? I mean, it, I, I know. I mean, I know you're not going to let it sit broke. No, so, no. Yeah. Well, I happen to have a spare board. Okay. So I swapped a board in it, and it came right up. So, do you have spare boards for most of your games? Uh, I do not. Okay. All right. Just I, I do was, not. I was just curious. You okay. know, I, I've thought about that. I know you like to do that. Uh huh. And I, I just have never done that. Yeah. It, it is a lot of money to sit on a shelf. I will say that. That's. That's probably the only thing that I that, that I, I somewhat uh, I'm not going to say I regret, but but that does uh, you know gnaw on me a little bit. It's because when I look at my board collection, it's like there's there is money sitting yeah. there that that I that does nothing other than just sit there in a box, you know. Well, so I it look is at what it, it is. I I take a little different approach. Yeah, I have a couple extra pieces out in the garage that have been in in the game room at some point in time. I've yeah. rotated out. Yep. So for example, like before Emma's party if this wasn't going to work because I swapped the board in I didn't have a lot of history with it and I let it run for several hours you know four or five hours if it went down I was going to swap the game instead of having a dead hole yeah 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 so I guess I take a little different approach in that kind of coming into a get-together I do like I did for the party, turned everything on and kind of let it burn in for several hours. Yeah. And if I have a problem, I know I can go out in the garage and I can do a swap. You pull from a pool. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. that's kind of how I approach, yeah. you know, no. the potential of a dead game if yeah, I want no, to get together. Yeah, no, that's good. That's good. Here's here's the deal with it. So I, I knew it was the board. You know, I knew it wasn't a power supply thing and they can be tricky in those cinematronics vector games. I knew it wasn't a monitor issue. Those can also be tricky. Obviously, it was the board. And what I ended up doing is I reached out to a friend of the show, John Salter, but, you know, the cinematronics ma- master that he is. You're talking Mr. Full Blast Arcade. Yes. Yes. John yes. Salter. Yeah. Uh, Columbus. Is he up in Columbus? I think he's I think it's Cleveland. Wait, I think he? it's I think it's up towards like the, Fe- the Furiously the Google area. over there while yeah. I'm while yeah. I'm yammering Fair, on. We'll, we'll give John a, 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 plug, a plug and credit yeah. where credit is due. There you go. I said, John, you know who out there repairs works on cinematronics board. So he made a couple of recommendations to me. And uh, I got a hold of a gentleman, and I'm just going to let, let it lay at that. I, I see no reason that it's going to go sideways, but let's let me go ahead and, and see how everything goes before you know I, I put a name out there. I, I I like I said, I don't foresee any issues whatsoever. The gentleman's been extremely responsive. Okay. Um, and uh, uh, I'm not necessarily concerned about it, but let's go ahead and get the board back and then I'll give a kind of a report on that. And, you know, hopefully if there's somebody else out there with some cinematronics boards, maybe maybe we can put, you know, peanut butter with jelly here and kind of make a sandwich. But regardless, it, it kind of actually broke my heart a little bit, Whitney. I, I've never sent a board out for repair. And I just <laughs> yeah. looked at it like I've got several things that I'm wanting to get done. Uh, yeah, I know. Man. And, and I'll mention one of those here in a minute. Yeah. I know cinematronics is its own animal unto itself. Yeah. And I just, I didn't want to try to take the time to learn that system. Yeah. So to me, it was just as easy to find somebody that knew them and then just send it off and say, hey. Just turn turnkey it and be done. It, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, hey, man, there's there's no shame in that. I mean, it's it's what I did with some of my Donkey Kong boards that I talked about, you know, last last month. It, it was, it, it, was it, it, it was just handy. Yeah. <laughs> it was hard, though. It was like the first time I paid for someone to do brakes on my car. Yeah. It's like, I've always done this. Yeah, I've, just, I've always done this. Hey, I, I did look up uh, John. I did look up John's arcade. Uh, he is 
not Cleveland. He's actually west. He's actually like a little southwest of Cle- well, a lot southwest of Cleveland. It's uh, he's near or, uh, nor- uh, North Ridgeville, Ohio, which is essentially just. I mean, you you go Cincinnati like you're going up to Dayton. Mm-hmm. And you just keep going, man. You just you you just keep going. So so if you're out there and you're going through Cincinnati toward Dayton and you and you grossly overshoot Dayton. Stop in at John's Arcade before you turn around and come back south. Bing, bingo, bingo. <laughs> yeah, so so here's the thing. So it looks like you could get there. Um, yeah, you could get there that way. You could also, it looks like you could go through Columbus and go up 71. Anyway, so yes, that's, yeah, that, that's so where it's folks, at. So folks that are familiar with the area probably know exactly yep. what we're talking about. And if, if anyone that's listening, if you're traveling and you think you're going to be anywhere in that area, make sure you stop in and check out John's uh, Full Blast Arcade. Yeah, definitely. So before they all... Uh, w- let me even okay where was i at whitney before what when where how you sent the board out i sent the board out yeah. okay so i went ahead and got the game room together and i was getting ready for her party okay come day of the party what actually happened what the the full plan was is they we were going to start the day at a place here in town called laser blaze all right laser blaze has been in louisville for as long as i can remember and it's it's me indoor too. laser tag me too yes and, i remember it and it's really cool have you been there recently whitney no i have not well when you walk in there are glass cases like floor to ceiling glassed cases that form this hallway and it's a it's a museum of laser tag equipment and it's just really cool to realize (laughs) okay first how far back there was some kind of like a laser tag kind of thing yeah you know just looking at some of the equipment yeah and it's just kind of interesting to see see how it's evolved over time it is on the surface you're like a laser tag museum but when you look at it it's really interesting just to see how the technology's advanced it's it's the equivalent of us looking at a pac-man versus an xbox oh and it's okay. really neat and it's all right there in this little space and it frames your entrance into the into the game room so. see that's so weird to me because I, I just would never even think about the history of laser tag to me laser tag has always felt like this kind of binary thing mm-hmm. oh we're gonna go play laser tag laser tags laser tag it's laser tag it's been laser well, all, tag for the past 25 years all that quip, equipment has just evolved yeah. just like everything oh, yeah. else yep, yep they had they had one rig I don't know what you call it one rig in there that had a battery pack in it and apparently I looked at some of the stuff and I was like, how much power does this take? Because there's a lot of through hole electronics and a lot of this equipment. Okay. And some of the gear, like where you had like chest protectors and, and the back guards and all that kind of stuff where all the equipment was mounted, all the electronics to make it look more futuristic and cool. It yeah. was like transparent plastic or like tinted, like green or yellow tinted plastic. Okay. And you could see all this through hole stuff and all this, you know, seventies, late seventies, eighties, early nineties technology that consumes a lot of power. And they, there was even one that had the battery pack pulled out of it 
And it reminded me of an RC car battery pack. I don't know if you ever had those, Whitney. Yeah, I, I remember what they look like. They're, they're kind of like the sealed cylinders, yeah. I guess. Yeah, kind of like yeah. six C-cells uh-huh. type of a deal. Yep. And they had yep. like a Molex connector on yep. the end of them. Sure enough. And the Molex connector was just melted. I mean, just like fried, where it was just drawing so much current so quickly out of this battery pack to drive <laughs> this equipment in the laser <laughs> that it just smoked it. Okay. So, I mean, it's just really cool. So, if you're ever through Louisville, laser blaze. All right. Yeah. I'll have to check it out. We really, honestly, I've, I have not been in so long. I couldn't remember. And I, the, the guns they have now, when you fire, they shoot a green tracer. So you're, uh-huh. I, I remember not being able to see where you're shooting uh-huh. or maybe seeing a dot at the far end. That seems vaguely familiar. Yeah. You could see the light, the laser. It's a solid laser. Oh, and nice. It, it, I had a ball. So neat. We need to. You're not as enthused about this as I am. Well, <laughs> well. The thing about it is, it, I, I will be. I will be when I take my daughter and I oh. kind of get into it. You know, that's the thing. It was way beyond what I was expecting. Uh, okay, fair okay. enough. I'll, that's I'll, why I'll give I'm you so, that. I'll give you that. My memory was probably my memory. Yeah. T- yes. Twenty twenty plus years ago, it yes. was probably my teens. The last time I was in there. Yeah. They keep the place up. If you're through Louisville. You've got to check out Laser Blaze. The place they keep they keep it up. It's clean. They've got you know some redemption equipment. They've got some video games. I got to play the non pod version of the new Star Wars uh, pod game. Is that fun? I enjoyed it. It's yeah. Like you you sit down in a in a chair and kind of lean back, and you've got some really kind of cool controls, and yeah, you can play several scenes from from uh, um, a New Hope. Uh, Empire and Jedi and it's kind of an on-rail shooter yeah but it was you know but and you're doing it the non-pod version as like a 50 inch monitor yeah and it yeah it even even open air kind of like yeah it it still sucks you in, yeah, and that's cool. all your folk. I real, I enjoyed it. Oh, that's yeah. that's neat. That's neat. So yeah, Laser Blaze played a couple games of Laser Tag, uh, played in their arcade, and then we all retired to Uncle Brent's house for pizza and and in a room full of video game, games and pinball. game room. Yes, and I tell you what, that group of twelve to fourteen year old girls was more. It was better behaved. I was going to say uh, more well behaved. That's it, that's it, Southern. <laughs> they were better behaved than a lot of the adults I've had here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So they had a ball. Did they? So yeah. so what what got played the most? I mean, what, what do you what do you think they gravitated towards the most? They uh, uh, Burger Time got a lot of play. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Super Mario Brothers got a lot of play. Hydro Thunder got a lot of play. Yeah. Emma's cousin on her dad's side, so there's no direct relation to me. Yeah. She really loved Tempest. Yeah. And it's, my daughter loves Tempest as well. Oh, she, yeah. she just, she fiends on that. She just loves it. I, I could, I, I was upstairs with my sister and my brother-in-law and I could hear it. And I, and I said, I know who's on Tempest. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So that, and the pinballs, they really enjoy the pinballs. Yeah. Once they figured out how to start it. Yeah. And uh, then, you know, where the flipper buttons were, once they got the basics down, the the pinballs were played all through the through the afternoon. Yeah, well, good, good. I'm glad to hear so that. They really enjoyed and, it, and you know that's no surprise. I mean, it seems like it seems like with the pinballs, man, they just they they pull the people and they mm-hmm. pull the attention all the time. Yeah. Oh, and um, Centipede got a lot of play, and then so did so did Battle Zone. No, that's good. Yeah, that's so good. There, there was definitely some favorites. Awesome, awesome. 
Well, uh, you talked a little bit about pinball and, you know, taking the hole for Ghostbusters. So, yeah, F-14 did. I mean, is it going to stay? I think I don't think it's going to be a keeper. I don't see it as a keeper. Yeah. But, I mean, I'm definitely going to be uh, uh, crunched for space because Ghostbusters is on its way. You know, we're still waiting on the delivery for that. Yes. And y- yes, I, yes. I shake my head. Yes. 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 Yep. And Someday soon. Yes. I, I play the pro up at rec bar every time I, every chance I get. Uh-huh. And I, I, I love it more and more every time. It, I just have fun with That's it. Good. It's a That's good. That's good. And hopefully soon, my goal is before the, you know, end of year festivities that, that generally happen here, family Thanksgiving, you know, and eventually I have my yearly, yearly get together in the, the first Saturday in December. I want back to the future out. Yeah. So, you know, I know it's been in the shop and I've already actually started to tear it down, found, um, I guess what is its its main weak point right now, which is a failed power supply. Uh huh. Is that something that you can do, kind of like a problem solver, repair on it, and and beef it up a bit, or what? Well, it it wasn't necessarily a weakness as much as it was a failed cap. You know, oh, and, I see. And I don't mean just like it failed, like it went open or it leaked on the board. Uh, and if you look at the board, it is analogous to like batter, a battery corrosion, like battery leakage. Yes. It's not as bad. Yeah. But, you know, the components that were directly underneath it, they've got the kind of that green granular crud that's on the legs. Yeah. And... Uh, the pads on those components are are real dark. Yeah. So what I've done right thus far is I've stripped everything out that that looks damaged or just even had you know even any concern that was damaged. Okay. And I'm going to take it out. And I'm going to treat it just like battery corrosion. I'm going to tape all the rest of the board off and I'm going to take it out and I'm going to put it in the media blaster. Oh, nice. And I'm just going to clean it up. Oh, okay. All right. Well, that's cool. And, and then just reassemble it. So, yeah. Okay. You know, I, I didn't necessarily see a, a weak point in it as much as it just was physical damage now here's the funny here's the funny thing when we uh one of the prior episodes when when i've talked a little bit of pinball and you and i've just kind of discussed you know what do you do on a on a first first time you get a game yeah we might have not even been talking specifically about pinball i said i'm always of the camp where i'll i'll plug it in you know i've i'll give everything a cursory look and make sure stuff is plugged up you know make sure the neck board isn't hanging off on a video game or they're connectors dangling or a coil dangling in a pinball i'll plug it in because uh, you said it before it worked until it didn't yeah yeah it was it was yeah. working when it quit you yes know? Exactly. there it is it was working when it quit it was working when it quit so i always look at it as chances are pretty high that it was plugged in and doing something when it failed uh-huh so it's not going to be any more damage now that, that's true you i know, mean that's, that's, here's, here's the, how much more broke does it get yeah exactly know? yeah I looked at the power supply board and I was like, oh, the fuse is, this fuse is shot. Stupid me. I didn't look past it. So I pulled the, pulled the fuse out, jammed another fuse in it. And I often do this. I will watch, but not like with my face in. And I'll even kind of turn my head a problem area when I flip it on. Yeah. So that I can see when that smoke comes or I can, you know. I don't want to be staring directly at it in case there's a violent pop, yeah. but I'll keep my eye on it. I flipped the switch on and it, it cackled like the emperor in return of the Jedi. I see. And threw sparks and raised all kinds of cane and then popped the fuse. Huh? And it was throwing sparks out from that cow. Cackled <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> it cackled like the emperor. 
Oh my goodness! Here I'm writing that down. I don't know that that'll be the exact show title, but trust me, I'll I'll, I'll work a cackle in there somehow. Okay, got it. Well, that, there's a good candidate. Car- carry on, carry good on. man. Carry, carry on. on. Yes. Well, upon closer inspection, yes, I yeah. saw all the damage that was a mere couple inches away from the fuse. Well, good I, chap. I noticed it was all buggered up. Oh, it was, sir. Yeah. It was it was good and surely buggered up. <laughs> yes. And I was like, oh, well, there's your problem. <laughs> so, yeah, power supply came out. I started taking it apart. And uh, and I've already started a folder on Facebook with pictures. And, and I plan to do a, a nice retrospective of everything as I go through the cabinet, as I, as I bust the play field down. Anything, you know, I'm going to do a little touch-up work on the play field. So uh, I'm just going to start dumping pictures into that over time. <laughs> Okay. Oh, and spe- speaking of Facebook, and I'll circle back real quick. I took a bunch of pictures at Laser Blaze, just of the facility and the Laser Tag Arena and all that. Uh, check Facebook because I'll have those pictures out there if you're nice. kind of wondering what it looks yeah, like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah, I'd, I'll definitely like to look at that. So yeah, that's cool. All right. So and then other than that, uh, kind of even going back to the Back to the Future and and working on that and just some other things that have kind of filtered through my hands. It was time to make a parts order. Yeah. So yep. I put in a huge parts order with Mauser and and it was mainly just kind of everyday consumable type stuff. You know, caps and connectors and you know a couple ICs here and there. Things that are are just you know I commonly kind of go through and need. Yeah. Also threw in a pretty good size order with Great Plains Electronics. So if you've never ordered from Ed, I know we've talked about it before. I'll have a link to his site over on the show notes. Ed's got really good prices on a lot of things. Oh, he's, I mean, I've ordered from him several times on, you know, largely on your recommendation Mm -hmm. and you're right. He's good, but man, you got to catch some of that stuff when he's got it yeah. because it'll be gone. You know, you wait three days or wait a week and, and he's out of stock again. So here's the thing about Great Plains. His his inventory isn't super huge by like Mouser standards, but what he's got is quality. Yeah. His pricing 90% of the time in the in the volume that I'm buying at is much less than... Uh, like a mouser or yeah. a digikey yes. or even a jameco yep yep and if you're looking for like uh crimpers and uh, well, uh, any tools you definitely want to check him out because he'll carry the molex brand uh pin removers or the ant brand pin removers or the crimpers and you know he'll have several options he'll have them inexpensive to the high-end production quality production volume type tools where you that you would use to do hundreds of these things in a sitting yeah and his prices are great yeah oh yeah so if you're if you're if you're in the market for stuff like that for i threw in another set of crimpers i was actually wanting (laughs) because why not because why not yeah you know i have the venerable um I thought I had a note on it, Whitney. What is it? The HT1819s or something like that? The Waldrons. The Waldrons. Yes. Whatever the part number is on it. That you, you, you know, Bob has them. You get them for typically like 156 connectors that you typically find on a lot of your pinballs, like on your driver boards and your uh, MPU boards. And uh, the same, the same crimpers you tend to use on edge connectors for like video games. Those are, you know, typically 156 uh, spacing. I find that I'm doing a lot of the the dot one pitch, the smaller stuff. Yeah, you see that on uh, pinballs. You see that on like MCR hardware. Those are your smaller connectors. Yeah, you can do it with 
with your kind of the run of the mill crimper, but I was looking for something with a little smaller uh, jaw. Okay. So uh, uh, actually, it just hit me, Whitney. We'll talk about this here a little later when it comes to tech and spending my money. That's where I put a couple notes as to part numbers and everything. So we'll have that. And we'll have some links. So th- that's forthcoming. There's a, there's a there's a terrible teaser for some future content. Well, here's the thing, and we just completely butchered the name of those crampers. I want you to know. Oh, is it? Did you yeah. find them? Yeah, it's Waldem. It's, oh. it is what it is. So, I think we got. I think we got suckered by the Jeff Waldron. Yeah, we yeah we we were hit by the Jeff Waldron effect. Which which hey, that's all good in and of itself. <laughs> Jeff Jeff's, Waldron Jeff's effect. Gr- Jeff's a great guy, you know. <laughs> and uh, but but yeah, so we we got those confused. But it's there. There is there is um, Waldom, and there is also Walden Molex crimping tools. Mm-hmm. So I'm actually seeing. Uh, well, the one I'm talking about, I just scrolled down to the part it's, number. It's the HT nineteen twenty one. Yeah, it's 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 Walden. 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 Yes. I'm gonna make so, a note yeah, here. So, so I, I need it to, up later. Yeah. So I, I I do need to stand corrected on that. So okay. Yeah. So yeah, it's the H the HT nineteen twenty one is the one that you know Bob carries. I've used. I've got a couple of them. I've used them. I know you've used them, Whitney. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, yeah. I've got a, f- a few myself. And you can do the dot ones with them, but the jaws are just a little large. So yeah. I, I I was wanting a set that that had a little smaller jaw to make it a little easier to do. So we'll talk a little bit about more about that later. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. So yeah, that's kind of been, you know, that's kind of been my month for the most part in the arcade world. Well, it's not, it's not, not a bad month, man. You made some progress. Mm-hmm. You got a game, you know, you, you, uh, had some fun with the kids and, and you spread, you know, kind of spread the, uh, spread the game room love. So that's, that's really what it's all about actually. So how about you, Mr. Roberts? Dude, uh, did we it, go into did we go into Mr. Edmo? Uh, what was? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, he's, over, he's sitting over there with his huge glasses on, folks, and yeah. his, his you know. Uh, three foot long pencil. Yes, it, that's, there's like there's like two people listening to us that remember that. That remember yeah. that. Yeah. So so here's the thing. So um, I, I bit off a little bit more than I could chew this month. Yeah, okay. So and um and, and it and it did take uh it did we take never a little, do that. No 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 Whitney never does that. But here's the thing. Everything worked out fine, but it wound up being a, a bit more of a a bit more of a, a task than I thought that it was going to be. So let me set the stage for this. So for about the past, I don't know, two, two, two and a half, maybe, maybe going on three years, I, I have been uh, passively looking to get a Mad Planets, okay? And I probably turned up the heat on it uh, when I when I got a fairly good lead about a year ago, a little over a year ago, okay, and that lead unfortunately did not pan out. It wasn't due to wasn't due to the seller, you know, uh, shanking the game on me or pulling it out from under my legs or anything like that. It was just a timing thing. And so, you know, over the, let's say the next several months, I, I, I would get, you know, I'd get kind of word or wind on another Mad Planets, and by the time I would pursue it, it's gone. Or Brent, quite honestly, the money's just so insanely stupid on it, I'd turn around and walk away. Yeah. Because it's, I mean, I understand and realize what they're worth. That doesn't mean that I'm going to pay a premium, you know, just to just just to get the game, just to get it now, just to get it now, yeah. you know. So, so I was I was still kind of searching, you know, searching for the deal that I would be comfortable with as well. So, fast forward to about uh, about 
I'd say <laughs> fast forward to three months ago. How about that? I know that sounds weird, but I uh, had a guy that um, that I had met uh, down in Atlanta from the very first uh, Southern Fried Game Room Expo, and we'll just uh, we'll call him Mitch. Okay, that's 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 his first name. No no last oh, name so or anything that, like that. That's so not like, a, that's not like an alias. Me. Okay, no 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 no. Because Joe from the earlier story, that's totally an alias. Oh, is it totally no, an alias? No. Oh, okay, gotcha. No, right. no, it is. Now, I'm sitting over here it's going, Joe. going, wow, what's Joe's real? I thought his name was Joe. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but nonetheless, so so I had talked to Mitch about um, you know about potentially uh, just about his interest in selling his Mad Planets at some point in time because he had one. Okay, and he was like, "No, nah, dude, at this point, I have no interest." Uh, but if I do, I'll let you know. Okay. And so about once a year, I would touch base with Mitch and say, Hey, Mitch, have you thought about selling your mad planets again? If, if so, I'm, I'm interested. And he, and the answer was always, no, nah, dude, I'm, I'm still enjoying it. I still, I still want it. No, I'm, I'm not, not interested in selling it right now. Well, uh, fast forward to that time, you know, a couple, a couple, two, three months ago, and Mitch got got in touch with me. I, you know, we had, you know, kind of caught up, I guess. And he was like, "Hey, man, are you interested in buying my Mad Planets? You know, by any by any chance?" Uh, the like, question probably should have been, "Are you still interested?" Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Are, are I still, am. Hey, are you still interested? And I yep. was like, I was like, yeah, Mitch, let's talk. You know, because yes, because uh, like I said, uh, Brent, I, I had, you know, I had pursued uh, a few others that honestly were in nowhere near as good a shape as, as Mitch's. And, um, you know, and for one reason or another, they, they just never did pan out. So Mitch and I talked about the, the Mad Planets, you know, the money that, that he wanted to get out of it, where I was comfortable paying, you know, and we, we kind of, you know, we worked around that a little bit and uh, got to got to the point where I was comfortable with uh, with a dollar amount and we secured the deal. Now, the, the issue, though, was that, Mitch lives in Atlanta and Whitney lives outside of Louisville. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I did not really relish the idea six of hours. driving for, for folks that don't know, that's a solid it's, six it's hours. It's a solid six hours. Okay. And by the time I wound up getting to Mitch's house, drive which, time six hours, it wound up being eight. Okay. Oh, so, wow. because Mitch is. He's south. not. He's south of Atlanta. He's south of Atlanta. He's south yeah. of Atlanta. And okay, we, we are coming. You are coming from the north side of Atlanta. Yes. And yes, definitely. And by the time you know, I hit traffic and everything like that because uh, I didn't get to leave at the very beginning of the day that day that I went down or anything like that. So, um, so nonetheless, it was it, it was a long drive, and I knew it was going to be a long drive. So here's the thing: I didn't really want to drive my truck and pull my trailer south of Atlanta for one game and then drive all the way back and then drive eight hours back. I just, you know, Brent, for whatever reason, I, I just did not relish the idea of sitting in no, the truck for 16 oh, yeah. hours. Okay. Not that the truck's a bad ride, but it's, you know, it's collectively it's 16 hours in, you know, in the truck, pulling the trailer and everything like that. So, um, I measured my cubert and asked Mitch to measure his Mad Planets. And is it the same cabinet? They they are so similar. Okay. It's not even. Yeah, I mean, they're they're off a little bit, but it's you know very 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 okay. very, very, very very little, and so. Or they're different, but they, they they differ by by only in in uh, minutia. Okay, there's there's they're, they're practically the same. Um, the issue that I ran into though is that it's like okay, if I don't take my truck, how am I going to get this thing back? 
And so we've got a Dodge Magnum. And, you know, if you remember the Dodge Magnums in the commercials of old, uh, you know, when Dodge was selling those, you know, the, the guy who was driving it, you know, he, he hauled his guitar in the back and the guy's like, hey, man, has that thing got a Hemi in it? You know, and it, what, what all do you haul in the back of your Magnum and everything? And I thought, you know, I did the measurements and I thought, you know, with a little bit of uh, modifications, See, you know. Now I'm going to have to find that commercial because I remember yeah. it. Do you remember that? Yeah, I do. Yeah. So, so with a little bit of modifications, I knew that. I could haul the mad planets in the back of the Magnum. Now, what I had to do, though, Brent, was I had to yank the back seats out of the car, okay? Now, are these, are they designed to come out, or did you have to, like... Oh, no. No, okay. no, no. They're not designed you know, what to come I'm, out. What I'm thinking, just looking... <laughs> And I hope everybody listening to us is shaking their head going, oh, Whitney, what are you doing? In my mind's eye, I'm thinking, like, it's a magnum for those that don't know isn't a minivan it's kind of like it's a, a it's, it's a sport station wagon. yes there we go a yeah. sport station wagon and yes. i'm thinking well most minivans the seats clip out but most minivans you they're they're tall bodied so yeah. you have room to actually get in it and stand up and lift the seat out and yeah not a magnum no not a magnum it's a, okay it's ostensibly a cool station wagon it's a cool station wagon but here's the thing I brought my Sinistar home in the Magnum, okay? And I know and, and I'm sitting there thinking to myself, I can make I can make a video game fit in the back of this thing. And you know what's interesting is I brought the Sinistar home without modifying the car in any way, shape the interior of the car in any way, shape, or form. You know what I did with the Sinistar? I folded the back seats over, put the Sinistar in the back of the Magnum and shut the gate and drove home <laughs> is what I did. Okay. The, the Sinistar fit perfectly williams cabinet did uh the i would the, see the, that the, would be taller the, the, yes it was taller it was taller but it was it was shallower okay so what it was kind of like deep. me Not, very shallow <laughs> no brent no <laughs> We're gonna stay on track here, buddy. And so, uh, so what I had to do is I, I had to, and I knew because of the depth of the Gottlieb cabinet, it was not going to fit. So I had to yank the back seats out of it, uh, and I had to lift up and and pull the cargo storage uh, platform. Okay, and that essentially put me down to the body cavity where the spare tire sits and the battery because on that particular car the battery's in the back of the car not in the front not in the engine compartment and so what i wound up doing brent is i measured out a piece of uh, measured and got got myself a real nice big piece of plywood measured out the back and i uh, gave myself some overlap and got the jigsaw out and i cut myself a piece of plywood real fast and laid it in the back of the car as a platform for the game to lay on okay so with that I drive to uh, Atlanta to go get the Mad Planet. So, so let me okay. ask this. Yes. The f- I had this in my mind, and then you said it shortly thereafterwards. Yeah. Over the spare tire well. Yes. So the spare tire in this is like a conventional, what I would t- think is of a, c- a conventional vehicle in that you open the trunk, and it's in a compartment under the floor of the trunk. Under the floor of the trunk. Did That's you exactly take right. the spare out of that hole, or if you had a flat tire where you haven't figured out how to get it out from underneath the Mad Planets? Oh, so if I had a if I had a problem, right. okay, 
I, w- I had worked it to where I could get it out. All I'd have to do is lift the Mad Planets up and pull it and suspend it on the back lift <laughs> of the tailgate. That, that and sounds then I could so get easy. It out. That sounds so easy when described. I understand. So all I had to do was build the wing uh, yes. for this first airplane. <laughs> That's all I had to do. That's all I had to do. But but I, I had provisions for that. Okay? I had to talk my brother yeah. into getting up there with that motor. Well, what, what I had done is is I had already I, I had already loosened the spare tire everything that was holding the spare tire so down you could just reach in and pull it so out. i could just reach in and pull it out okay, okay. If, okay if i had to all right and i had a block of wood where i could prop the game up and pull the spare tire out and, and, and i figured like you that. had because yep, I, yep. I i know from prior trips you and i both tend to be i try pretty is, pretty forward thinking i try for yes. dealing with issues yeah yeah, yeah. And, and i try and i took a jack with me strong arm and everything a compressor i took everything that i thought that i might need if i were to have you know tire tire problems you know going uh, going down there or coming back so here's the thing the spare tire fortunately uh, that well sits flush you know with the tire end so it you know it, it's nice because i could reach down yank the tire and then pull it back out but uh, enough about the spare tire okay so we're, we're good on that so you know laid the uh <laughs> laid the plywood down it actually yielded me about an eight inch drop in uh, further down into the body cavity and i was surprised that uh, that i actually got that much more depth out of uh you know out of from removing the cargo tray and everything like that um but nonetheless so you know i get down there and uh you know i meet up with mitch mitch is a great guy he he hosts me in his house overnight because i wound up getting there like way late at night you know he lets me spend the night and everything like that did he let you raid the fridge at midnight you know what mitch actually cooked me pizza so Mitch, Mitch is a heck of a guy. He had beer Dang. and pizza. P- Mitch cooked pizza. I and usually so, get. I usually get. How fast can you get out of yeah, here? Yeah, no, 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 no. Mitch is a great guy. So you know, he he's got a nice game room. We went outstairs. We went downstairs, played pinball for a few hours, talked, you know, drank a beer or two, and just kind of you know just kind of shot the bull and everything. And then uh, you know he tossed me an air mattress and and said you know see you later. And I was like, this is all I need, buddy. I am good to go. So get up the next morning. You know, wrap the mad plan and everything go to put it in the car all right and uh get it in and you know what brent it don't fit and so <laughs> so so the uh so the the issue is that, at who hand, is this in this picture in the show notes is that matt that would be mitch's friend matt oh. okay now keeping everything last names yeah. out okay matt but, matt knows who matt is yeah. okay and that's the matt i know it's right? the matt that you yes. know okay yes. yeah and so matt comes over because he and mitch are friends okay because he's a sucker and and, and and you know something and poor matt we had to put him to work okay <laughs> because we had so get this brent oh. we go mad planets in one time okay would not fit could not get the gate to shut pull mad planets out okay rearrange mad planets put mad planets in attempt to shut the gate how do you rearrange mad planets we we had to you either on its back okay on its side or bottom in front bottom in first or top in first okay so by the time we did the math there's actually several permutations Uh, that you could rotate or flip the mad planets to yield a different result at the tailgate okay so on the second try we got so close (laughs) but there was nothing that we could do it was just it was physically impossible we yanked the mad planets back out third try 
was the charm, okay? And it did take three of us to load the Mad Planets into that <laughs> car. And uh, I, you know what? I need to post the pictures, okay? And uh, yeah, I, I should do that because I'm sure you're looking at the show notes yeah, and, you, and you see the pictures. I, and I'm trying to, I've, that's why I was kind of cocking my head earlier and I was trying to do the math and yeah, figure it, out. It, what, how did you guys do well, that? Well, I was, I'm looking at trying to figure out which way the game is sitting okay, because of the wrap. So, so okay, so. So you see the the second picture, and I know this does all of our listeners absolutely no good, but I'll toss them up on Facebook or put them up on Twitter, or whatever, and then then you'll you'll see you'll see what I'm talking about then. But then you know, getting so the Mad Planets is loaded. Okay, we're good. Everybody's hot and tired. It was extremely humid that weekend and everything. And uh, of course, you can see by the picture, Mitch is uh, you know Mitch is probably happy to see me go at that point. <laughs> but nonetheless, we got the Mad Planets loaded, and you know something, Brent. Um, loading a Mad Planets into a Dodge Magnum yields absolutely zero difference in how the Magnum runs on the way back versus the way down, okay? So I had no problem doing 100 miles an hour up a hill with a Mad Planets in the back of the Magnum, okay? So it's it, it, it was as easy of a ride back as it was down. Well, if you and think I'm, about and it, I'm, very, I'm very thankful for if that. If you think about it, it's like having one and a half to two adults in the back seat yeah so it really wasn't yeah. it really wasn't bad so so though magnum did not sweat did not even break a sweat hauling the uh hauling said mad planets back now here's the thing though i get it back and i'm left with the the actual bigger <laughs> problem okay is how do you lift a mad planets up at least eight inches by yourself and then pull it out of the vehicle and here's the problem brent we had to put the mad planets in with the bottom of the cabinet first so what do you do yanking it out on your own you can't sit it yeah, on its head. You can't pull it out and then drop it you down. You can't and then pull stand it out it and drop it, drop it down, then stand it up. So Whitney had to figure out how to get the Mad Planets out of the car by himself. Okay. So here's the thing. Do you notice what I did in the picture? It looks like Pe- you're... people. People will see it, but you know, it, it took a it took a little bit of uh, as as uh, some of my friends would say, it took a little bit of ciphering. Oh, I see now. But you see what I did? I see now. Yeah, yep. yeah. So what I did is I backed my truck up to the Magnum, lowered yeah. the tailgate, lifted the game up and out, and then I was able to bridge the game over into the back of over into the back of my truck. Okay, you, you did the equivalent of moving the the Tetris piece over. That's exactly. And then, and then you hit the the spin button and flip it, it. Then you hit the spin button, flip it, yep. and then you let it down on the ground all by itself. And you know something, Brent? Uh, all I'll say is I'm done. <laughs> I'm never doing that again. And and I, I will I will say thanks thanks to the good Lord I was gifted and born with a strong back. And Brent, I'm very stubborn. Okay, <laughs> so it, because it took the combination of both of those to make it happen because god love my wife she would come out and she goes do you need any help and i'm like no you know and i'd, I'd you know i'd even do it in like my hulk voice no brother i got it you know and stuff like that does and your magnum have a trailer hitch i no it does not oh, i was gonna it say if not. you ever if this ever comes up again just borrow my lightweight trailer <laughs> yeah no 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 it should it should not come up again dude I, I would say the magnum has hauled its last game okay <laughs> it's first and it's last game Se- second actually I, I did haul the sinistar but oh, uh, oh yeah. yeah but uh, i'm saying the magnum's hauled its last game you it know? has been retired it, it has been retired and uh and so brent uh that ended the saga of the uh marathon trip down to atlanta <laughs> and back to get the mad planets and so, uh, 
yeah, again, yeah. God love my wife, but she just stood there and watched me and shook and shook her head. And she goes, just don't put yourself in a hospital over this. And I'm like, I promise I will not. And fortunately, I, I didn't. I can you know. see Jackie standing there saying that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She was shaking her head going, I, I this, this, well, this you know, is crazy. You know what's funny here? And I'm like, yeah, it is. It is crazy. What's really funny here is, yeah. is that in my escapade of the month, which was Emma's birthday party. Yeah. I wasn't sure how I was going to handle 10 to 12 preteen and teen girls yeah running around and i mean i've been with them you know like when i picked emma up from from uh like a uh when she does a show because she's in theater yeah and they talk they chat and they just go and they're teenagers okay oh yeah I, i wasn't sure if i if i had the fortitude to handle it and mine turned out perfect i do it a hundred times no problems yeah you started the story as if you had this nailed down under control this was in and out surgical precision surgical precision and, and it went up, completely haywire and it, to, it, it totally off the rails yes de- <laughs> definitely definitely and that's one of those things where despite it i'm still glad i did not take my truck and trailer yeah, though you I know it, because that. the magnum is just it's a it's a plush ride it's it, you know it's the, to do that the gas is a little better and i don't know if oh, you've yeah. made a longer trip in a heavy truck like you've got and you for for folks that are maybe new to the show, Whitney and I have basically the same truck, but was two model years different. Yeah, two models year. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And and it, within those two model years, there there are they are ostensibly identical, other than some cosmetic differences. Yep. And it's they're they're they are sprung pretty heavy, and it's just if they're unloaded. Yeah, it's difficult. I've had a full bed, and the truck rides semi-cadillac like compared to what it rides like empty oh yeah Yeah. definitely 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 so yeah it's it's a trip like that would be hard i would have done the same thing yeah so it was it was a struggle but but it got done so Mm -hmm. so there there's the saga of the mad planets i'm so happy that i got it i'm glad that that it's home um and and, you know i i mean brent i i mean with the with the score of this game um, you know, outside of the projects that I've got, you know, the projects I, I guess that I, I, you know, have pending or whatever. I mean, I can say for the first time in years, I'm not hunting a single thing. I'm not. I'm not after anything. There's nothing really All on my, kinds on of my list. Going to fall in your lap now. You know, it's weird. Maybe that'll happen. Who knows? If it does, uh, you know, I'll, I'll think about it. I'll look at it. But I mean, seriously, man, I've got my collection to the point now where I'm not. I'm not after anything anymore. You know, you I've know? never or at this point. You and I've talked about that. I've never really hunted anything. Yeah, I've never really had like a mental list. Yeah. There's, See, I've I've had a mental list the yeah. for years running. Years. There, there's a couple things that I've wanted. Uh huh. And I've just more or less let them all eventually find me. Yeah, as zen yeah. as that sounds. Yeah, no, no, it's all it's all good. It's all good. So I, you know, for for me, I mean, definitely some games have found me, but other games I've had to go find. You mm-hmm. know, so it, it's it's been for me, it's been a bit of a mix. But I've always kept a list in my head. You know, directing me to when I'm in the hunt mode. You know, what what am I what am I looking for? What I want to focus my efforts on. So, anyway, um, so that's that. Uh, gosh, let's see what else. Um, a couple other things. Uh, uh, got all the videos for our SFG panels posted. They're on YouTube and uh, tallied it up. That was uh, a, a significant undertaking. I had no idea how many hours I would have. 
uh, in all three of those videos, but they're they're up. And one thing I noticed is that the first video took me forever. The second video didn't take uh, nearly forever, and the third video I got done in like uh, an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's, it's crazy. Uh, well, once you learn the software or yep. learn the tools and the yep, techniques, yep. That's, that's, oh yeah, that, that's exactly right. Um, yeah, I learned a lot about Adobe Premiere uh, in the process, it, and it's you know I, I'll tell you I've done uh, you know a few video productions now, and it is something that I, I have mad props for the people that do it professionally or the the professional you know quote unquote professional YouTubers and stuff like that. It's it's a lot of work building up your library, your transitions, the intros, and everything like that. But you know, little by little, that's that's working its way out. But um, but yeah, that's that's good. You can go up on our YouTube channel and uh, just you know go on to YouTube and just search you know Broken Token Podcast. You'll find our channel and you know those those three videos are posted and they're done and they they should look really good at this point. And speaking of the videos, what it looks like you finished out some looks like the bill of materials for your beast board. I did. Yeah. And you know, that was part of the delay because, um, well, Brent, you know, you and I talked about this kind of before the show. I'd felt like I had, um, I mean, I made some promises at at SFG. I promised all the people that were there, (laughs) you know, at the, uh, at the sessions that we would get the, the bill of materials out for the, for the board, for the beast board. I promised I'd get the videos up and, and I, I, and quite honestly, I felt like I had taken too long and, you know, whether it be work travel and everything like that. And I, I just, I'd got to the point where it was kind of weighing on my conscience and I wanted to get everything wrapped up. I wanted uh, to get it done. I have gotten you know? bitten like that a few times and, yeah. and anymore. I'll try not to open my mouth unless I've got it or 95% of it yeah. in hand and done. You know what? Lesson learned for Whitney right there. So, um, but nonetheless, it, everything, everything turned out well. Uh, you know, and I, I did, I got the, the bill of materials done and I wanted to get that to a point to where it, it looked good. And, you know, when you printed it out, it, it didn't look like it was thrown together in just, you know, 32 minutes or mm-hmm. something. And so, you know, I've got links to everything in the bill of material and it's neat, man. Uh, you know, that, that video and that blog post has been up, I don't know, maybe around, I don't know, maybe around a month or so, I guess. And maybe a little bit more than that. Um, and, uh, and, and that PDF has been downloaded over a hundred times so far. So I'm actually kind of surprised that, you know, as many people uh, went back and, you know, went back and picked it all back up. I mean, when I ran the tally on it through the web server logs, I was, I was like, whoa, a hundred over a hundred. That's crazy. So I just didn't think it would be that much. So, yeah, so that's cool. Um, Well, and that's good feedback because, you know, it's, it's nice to know, not, not that we do what we do for any kind of accolade, but it's nice to know that, that folks out there are listening and, and, and looking at we, what we produce so yes yeah exactly exactly so I, you know I, I didn't I didn't really have an idea as to how many times that that PDF would be would be accessed or would be you know downloaded but yeah it has and I did uh, post up to a related thread on Clove where uh, in the thread that I'm that I'm referring to I'll have in the show notes um it's a thread that I'd used to do some research, and especially around the ISO that I used on the on that board build out, Brent. Mm-hmm. And I went back and uh, kind of closed the loop on that on on that cloth thread. And uh, I had quite a few people respond back in that thread as well, saying thank you for thank you for closing the loop on this. You know, thank you for posting up and and you know the work you did on the bill of materials and everything like that. And I had a couple people uh, catch a couple mistakes and said, hey, you really ought to clarify this or clarify that. And I made the you know I made the changes and everything like that so it's yeah it's it's been kind of cool um 
All right, so we've said the word trailer like 18 times yeah, thus far, and you yeah. teased us. <laughs> speaking of speaking of mentioning dude. and then delivering, yeah. So, dude, so. I, I don't know what this is, yeah. And, and the, I'm kind of concerned that there's maybe damage to the new trailer. So it, oh, there there was damage to oh. the new trailer. Yes, yes, yes. So get this. All right, what's the snafu? And it, and it 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 hurt my soul. Okay, it hurt my soul. Oh. All right. So here's the thing. This is what I did not mention last month when I talked about getting the red tent, okay? Uh, because I didn't understand. I didn't understand what my options were and what I was going to do. So I wasn't going to bring something up that I didn't have a solution for at that point in time, okay? Mm-hmm. But get this. So I'm riding up to uh, Chris Fitzpatrick's house, yep. okay? Because he stored the red tent for me until I could go get it, okay. all right? Or he, he was. He took like a. You know, he was like intermediary delivery guy on it. Okay, and which I greatly, greatly appreciate. So I'm heading up I-65 between Louisville and Indianapolis. All right, major construction, dude. Major construction. And this and is the first t- major time out with this trailer. This is right? the first distance. This yeah. is the first distance trip I'd taken the trailer. Okay. Okay. No. <clears throat> The grailer, okay? Yeah. And so I'm riding up I-65. Everything's going good. Uh, lots of construction. And it was during an active construction time and it, where people were out. So we're taking it slow and everything like that. I'm behind what turned out to be like three semis, okay? Mm-hmm. Couldn't tell it at the time because we're all in a line riding through the construction area, okay? And I hear something bounce and hit me the truck or the trailer and i didn't know which one it was but i but i couldn't stop okay you mean like like the underbody like hit the floor boards or like hit the side hit the side oh. okay and so and i didn't know what it was but i was in no position to stop at all okay you know i i did a quick check of the tires you know on the I, you know i, I, I hate that i, re, I re-jimmied my mirrors i've been okay? in those situations and I, oh. it, it just oh it just it, my my gut just sank okay because i'm like i'm like many christmas here we go so i jimmied my tra- my uh, you know i kind of like re-jimmied my mirrors around you know check the check the wheels or check the tires on the trailer and everything like that and i noticed that the fender on the passenger side of the trailer looked different than the fender on the driver's side. Okay. But I not but, like not in a good way. No, 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 not in a good way. Like in a like a peel and apple kind of banana oh. kind of way. Okay. So here's the thing. I, I make it through the construction zone and I noticed that um, I get out of the construction the construction zone and I speed up to try to you know to to try to get myself around the semis and everything like that and you know, and unfortunately you know pulling the, the trailer in the truck it, it it travels pretty good so mm-hmm. I was able to swing around you know swing around the tractor trailers and everything and I make it on up to the next exit and I find like a McDonald's or something where that's it, got that's like laid out at a truck stop to where it's got, I've got like a lot of room mm-hmm. and I swing around through the parking lot, hop out of the truck, walk around the truck, do a visual inspection. Everything's fine. Okay. Um, do walk, walk back around, uh, you know, do the same for the trailer, walk back around the trailer and literally Brent, you would not believe it, but a piece of rebar was wedged in between the fender and the body of the trailer and it had peeled that fender off the body of the trailer like you were peeling a banana 
Okay. And, and so not only was the fender damaged, which uh, on your trailer, I assume you could zip it off and replace the fender. You could because because it's it, it it's like riveted in or with or with like machine screws. Yeah, it's, right, machine yeah. screws and silicone is essentially what holds so that it's fender replaceable, on. completely replaceable. But whatever it was also got into the body. Yes, oh. it did. It did. So is yours? I can't remember. Is your trailer seamless or is it got screws down the side for the body panels? Uh, it's got screws down the side for the body okay. panels. Okay, right. well, that's, but that's but, good. but but it, but there they're they're trailer colored okay so yeah. you, you don't notice okay. them but they're okay. there okay uh so i hopped inside the trailer to see if i had a piece of rebar sticking through the, the either the wall or the floor of my trailer and i did not fortunately okay mm-hmm. so i get underneath the trailer and look at it and dude the only thing that I can say is if you're going to have something go wrong, this was the best possible way for it to go wrong because it did not damage the body of the trailer hardly at all. I mean, like at all. It's like, I don't know if the rebar bounced, Brent, or if, uh, if you know, like one of the semis hit the rebar and it started to travel, tumble or something, tumble. And what I think it did is it tumbled against the, um, I, I guess against the, you know, against those concrete medians that they mm-hmm. set up for construction, mm-hmm. bounced off the median and then wedged itself into my trailer in f- the trailer body in the fender. Cause it wasn't really that big so of a piece it, of rebar. You think it came from the top and not from the bottom. Like, the Oh, wheel. It, def- it definitely came from the top because okay. it, you could tell like from the, from the angle of lodging, it came down at a force of speed and hit. So it's not, here, here's why I'd be mad. Yeah. I'd be mad because you used all the luck that you could have used Winning, win winning, the winning the lottery i used it on a trailer on fender sticking that rebar uh-huh. not in your head yes but perfectly wedging it between the body and the yes so so it didn't tear the body panel up per it, se. it didn't it scratched it up a bit but it didn't it didn't tear it up no it didn't so, tear it up. it's almost like it, it it's almost like it wedged its speed you know like you, it wedged it force so you had that trailer built right Yes. You know what yes. I would... I ordered would, the trailer, had it built. I would... Oh, so do they build it on site or do they have someone else? No, 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 no. It was it was built... It was built at... Um, it, it was built at the company and then shipped, oh. shipped down for... Fi- you know, shipped down for final... Whatever final assembly needed Why to be Why don't you done. get a hold of your dealer and then just order a sheet of that metal? Dude, it's already fixed. Oh. Already got oh, it fixed. I'm, yeah. Oh, you're ahead of me. It's done. So what I did is I uh, took pictures while I was standing there at the McDonald's. I took some pictures on my phone, texted them to my uh, dealer, okay, my trailer dealer, said this just now happened to me. <laughs> yeah, make sure you qu- clarify yeah, that. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. Trailer dealer. I texted, all right? I texted yeah. my trailer dealer. I texted my trailer dealer, okay, and uh, showed her what had gone on, and she's like, you've got all the luck don't you and i'm like yeah <laughs> not lottery luck. I, i'm like yeah carol i do this is this is not funny haha this is funny sad you know and she's like no worries i'll get a will get a fender on its way for you tomorrow okay and she said bring the drop the trailer off we'll we'll sp- we'll go ahead and jack it up and spin the wheels off of it and make sure that you know that the wheels are okay and it's not out of balance or anything like that and uh and then we'll, we'll just go ahead and get it taken care of and you know something dude um she, she got awesome. She got me the fender, and you know what? She just took care of it. That is sweet. And it was sweet. That is okay? customer service. It is great customer service. Great I really service. need. I really need to consider 
yeah. purchasing a small trailer from them because yes. it, that is just, yeah. uh, I like what you've got. I like what they had, what they offer. And it sounds like their customer service is just unreal. They're, they're very good. Very good. I, and I cannot complain. So I, you know, so I had to leave the trailer there for, you know, a couple of weeks because they got to get to they, it. They got to, the they got to get yeah. to it. You know, it's not like you just drop something off and they fix it that day. You know, people, good people who are busy, you, that doesn't happen. You know, you, you just, you need to wait, you know, and that's just the way that it is. So it's okay. Well, it's awesome you know? that they've even got the skill set there to do the repair. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I had to have a couple panels replaced on, on my big enclosed trailer. Yeah. And, and I took it back to the, sh- the local shop. Well, it, it's not local to Louisville, but the shop that built it. Yeah, okay. It wasn't built like a homesteader or yeah. some of the major trailer manufacturers. It was built by a smaller trailer manufacturer. Yeah. And they had the skill set there. And it. I watched them do it. <laughs> It was not as simple as it, as no, it no. just looked on paper, and I'm sure, so to speak. And I'm sure it wasn't. And, I, of course, I wasn't. I didn't stay there to bear witness to any of the fix or anything mm-hmm. like that because, you know, I mean, they've got, they've got, you know, got a job and career and other stuff you got to do, you know, day in and day out. But nonetheless, they took care of it, and it was it was fantastic. And I get the trailer back, and you can never tell that anything had ever, had ever happened to it. They went ahead and rebalanced the wheels on it and, and everything like that. And, uh, oh, hey, I did pick up up a spare tire and spare wheel oh combo yeah for the we trailer. talked about that yeah yep. so i got that taken care of cool. and uh treated me very fair on all that so yeah so that was the trailer snafu dude um like i say it was uh, it kind of killed me but at the same point i wasn't um you know it, it when i when i was talking about picking up the red tent you know it, it, nothing had sorted itself out so i didn't really know how it was going to sort itself out mm-hmm. so you know it's just one of those things so i so it's nice i can kind of close the loop on it and say oh no it's all good it's done you know so yeah the trailer trailer's fine well i would suggest in the future that you you uh Better use your luck. Yes, yes, <laughs> agreed, agreed. There is, a, there is definitely that. And then Brent, the last thing, yeah, I see, I see a big thing sitting here smiling at me. Yeah, so I, I see. Lay it on me. Yeah, yeah. So here, so here's the thing. Um, and this is going to take. And, and here's how, how do I even start this? That's that's the question that I'm kind of rolling through my head right now, mm-hmm. because I've been working on this for this is uh, September. I've been working on this for the past ten months, and you've known about this, mm-hmm. okay? Yep. And you've known about this, and you know this this was coming. So I so I I've told no one but. Uh, uh, my dealer, my, tra- my trailer dealer, your trailer dealer. Exactly. Good. Uh, good. Good on you, mate. Good on you. And so um, so this this has been about 10 months or so in the making. And um, this is a little side project that kind of fell in my lap. Um, and I, I wasn't really looking for a side project per se, but. Um, I had talked to um, a friend of mine over in the UK, Alex Crowley, and he has a um, he has a YouTube channel. And many many months ago, uh, Alex uh, had picked up a couple of um, PCBs for the Nintendo game Skyskipper. And most people probably would not even know what Skyskipper is right now. Okay, to date, maybe you know, maybe you can go on Wikipedia and look it up and, and learn about it a bit and everything, but to make a, a really long story short for for what I can reveal today, okay, on this particular episode, 
um, you know, Alex had had a few people approach him about uh, potentially uh, purchasing one of his his one of his two Skyskipper PCBs because he wanted he wanted to um, essentially make sure that um, the one of the PCBs could make it to the U.S. into a collector's hands, okay, and one of the PCBs stayed in the U.K. Uh, in his hands, with the eventual hope of essentially recreating a game that Nintendo never released. Okay. Mm-hmm. But they finished. All right. So the long story of Skyskipper is that, um, it went through internal play testing at Nintendo. Um, and, uh, it, it was essentially put on location for earning testing. Okay. A uh, prototype cabinet was, and, uh, it did not fare as well as Donkey Kong and Popeye and Donkey Kong Jr. And the Brent, the heavy hitters of the day. Okay. You got to remember this is back in 1981 and 1982 when this was going on. And so the decision was made to not release Skyskipper. Okay. So the game never made it into mass production. All right. Uh, Anywhere in the world or just in the U S that we know anywhere anywhere in the world world. okay Uh, otherwise we wouldn't have uh, this shortage this rarity that's that okay that's exactly right now wikipedia says the game was released in japan okay um that can that from from our research that can be considered disputable okay because it's never been proven that it was released in any numbers whatsoever in japan at this point in time somebody can correct me if they're wrong if they have uh, information or news to the contrary let me know whitney at brokentoken.com okay so here's the deal so um when when Alex released the news that he had the the PCBs, uh, you know I'm a huge Nintendo fan, Brent, as you know, and I'm like, oh man, Alex, I'd love to talk to you. Would you consider talking about this or us potentially interviewing you for the podcast? And he's like, oh yeah, sure, man, that's no problem. Love love to talk to you about it. So Alex and I got together and just you know started, I guess, kind of feeling each other out a little bit. You know, we didn't know each other and we're just kind of you know understanding you know what he's got and and you know what he'd be comfortable in talking about Your dealer it. talk to his dealer yeah exactly so so you know, we kind of met and we were doing i guess kind of kind of like a pre-interview discussion you know is what would you be comfortable in talking about before brent and i get engaged on doing a you know spinning up an entire interview and and all this and all that where where are you comfortable what do you want to talk about and this and that and so he was telling me that that a lot of people had um, had had approached him wanting to get the sky wanting to get into, you know, the Skyskipper PCB and and acquiring it and potentially trying to put together a game, but he just he he just hadn't gotten to the point where he was comfortable with with uh, I guess releasing it to somebody at this point in time. And so I'm like, well, Alex, you know, if it comes to pass where, uh, you know, if, whoever you're talking to at this point in time, if it doesn't work out, let me know because I'm a Nintendo collector as well. And I would love to be, you know, I'd love to have the uh, the opportunity to be the guy that, that's, that, that we can get Skyskipper going in the U.S. and the U.K. I'd love to help you on this. You know, I think this would be a really fun thing to do. And so, you know, a, uh, a couple months go by and then Alex, you know, Alex and I continue to talk a little bit here, a little bit there. Um, you know, we never, of course, as you know, Brent, the interview never really wound mm-hmm. up taking place or anything like that. But he did approach me and, and he said, Whitney, I, the, the, 
anybody that, that I've talked to to this point has either not been able to complete the transaction or has backed out. Are you interested? And I said, yes, I'm interested. Okay. So there begins the project. All right. So, so to make, to make a long story short and definitely a long story that I don't want to tell on this particular episode of the podcast, because we've got some more things coming later on down the line that I do want to talk about. Uh, we have been working on the back channel for the past nine to 10 months to get everything sorted to where we are comfortable and, co- and can commit to saying that uh, through some additional work over the next six months or so leading up to what we feel will be a very, uh, a very awesome and very uh, exciting premiere, we are going to make the worldwide premiere, Brent, of two Skyskipper cabinets and they should be the only ones in the wild today. All right. So one will be in the UK with Alex. One will be in the US with me. Uh, we'll take it a little bit on the road at some point. Um, and and these are running original original PCBs. Original no PCBs. This or... is not MAME. This is not. This is no. This is no. These will be 100% original. Okay. Mm-hmm. So if you go out to the new website that we've put up, this is, and it is uh, very easy to get to, it's all one word skyskipperproject.com okay uh, we've got the site stubbed up right now it's kind of like an anticipation site kind of like a brochure site and we're uh, actively working on backloading uh, about 10 months worth of content and blog posts that tell the story leading up to today and uh, there's a lot of story there to tell okay and what's nice about this is if everything goes to plan by next month's episode, Brent, we'll have all that content on the site. We'll have the site flipped over to where it's a normal kind of like blog post, like blo- rolling blog style, kind of like our website is, you know, mm-hmm. you go to it and you see the post in chronological order and everything like that. And Brent, we can start talking about the uh, most awesome story that is, that, that, that has become Skyscraper. Okay. It's, it's, uh, it's neat because uh, Alex and I are working with uh, on this naturally on the games, and we've got a third person that we're working with. Uh, his name is Ollie Cotton, and uh, he is also in the UK. And Ollie is working on uh, working on the artwork package. All right, so uh, Alex and I and Ollie we each bring three kind of unique uh, skill sets to this project, and it's taking the three of us to get this done. Okay, uh, so you know we we announced the website live. Okay, and we're recording this, Brent, on what? Wednesday, September the 21st. We released the website to the world live uh, on Sunday, uh, September the 18th. So in three days, that website has already had close to 4,000 hits. Okay, just in those three days. And I posted up on Twitter. Uh, I haven't put it up on our Facebook page yet, and I need to do that. And it's not been by it's not been for lack of want. I just haven't had time. And so um, I think a lot of the big traffic swelled in though when Alex released it released the website. He did the initial kind of media push. And Brent, he is a huge Nintendo collector, pretty much known worldwide. Mm-hmm. And he has... So uh, I'm sure he has a lot of people that keep tabs on what he's got going on, what he bingo. researches, and, what he has, yes. And that's his it. His collection. His collection, and he knows people at Nintendo Life 
they picked up on the news and then i think the 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 influx is when nintendo life uh broke the news that alex is working on skyskipper again essentially okay so that's it okay and that's what i'll say for this month skyskipperproject.com um skyskipper will live again and uh, it's it's going to be really really cool because uh when the story's told uh brent will will be able to we'll be able to to name some names there's going to be some names brent that quite honestly i can never name okay simply because of their um their involvement in the project and what they have helped us get access to I, I I just I will not be able to reveal their names, and I just have to say that up front because uh, simply because of them them wanting to help help this see the light of day. But um, it's just one of those things, Brent, where they've they have asked to remain uh, they've asked to remain anonymous. I can and, understand, that. and I can totally understand that. And and what I will say is we are going to respect that. Because the um, Brent, it, even though it's Alex and Ollie and myself bringing the cabinet back, there's easily um, a group of people that uh, that number past ten that have helped us to get this far. Okay, and so uh, I will answer a couple questions up front that have been posted. Yes, the cabinet will have full art. Yes, the cabinet will be booting and running the Skyskipper PCBs. Yes, the game will be complete. It will be complete. It will be playable. It will be clean. It will look like if if uh, everything that Alex and I are working on and all you're working on as well goes to plan, it will be as clean, as crisp, as new looking for from a restoration standpoint as any uh nintendo cabinet that you would you would see in a collector's uh in a collector's uh, as collection. if it was just made as it was, if it was just it was... made yes yes so yes there will be an artwork package yes there will be um you know there will be a working game that will be coin drop and ready to go okay so uh we will um we will reveal more about that brent as we go but uh this is uh yeah, this has really kind of turned into a labor of love, and uh, the, the you know the, so here, Brent, our podcast will have front seat uh, row to all of this as it unfolds, and uh, yeah, our podcast and, and the website will be the uh, the official sources of information here, uh, you know, on this in in the U.S. and I will aim to be able to tell more next month. Well, okay? I'm, I'm sure everyone is is waiting with bated breath to know because <laughs> I, I know more of the story. Yeah, and, uh, honestly, I am intentionally not asking any questions or adding any of my usual flair and color. Th- thank you because, because, because I don't. I, I yeah. because we just can't we just can't yeah. do it yet. Right. Okay. I, I don't want to lead you down a path and then get get too far down it or just basically get you to a point where you're like I can't not now. Yeah. So, yeah, so so I need to stop it. I need to stop it here, and I need to stop it now for now. But I would just urge that everybody go out and check out skyskipperproject.com. We've got plenty of it. it, it we we labored quite a bit on this page, and Brent, um, it looks different from even when I showed it to you uh, about a week ago. You know, because uh, you previewed it for me. I think I sent you the mm-hmm. link day actually days before we actually released the site and said, "Hey, dude, go take a look at." this fyi this is on it's coming it's on its way and um and you know alex and ollie and i all three of us worked on that on that uh page the layout the pictures and everything we wanted to tell this uh, a brief history of the game 
a, a brief scenario leading up as to why Nintendo did not release the game and then what we aim to do with the game okay and and uh yes there's more to the story uh and i will say yes you can play sky skipper in mame today uh the roms are available in mame and yes there is a story as to how that happened i cannot get into any of that either okay but uh but you know nonetheless um i think at this point uh alex and i We'll probably have, uh, at least as it's known, probably the only two working machines on the face of planet Earth. Okay. But you know what? It will be telling a piece of Nintendo arcade history that for the past 30 plus years has never been told. And uh, and we'll have working games and, and that part of Nintendo's arcade legacy will be complete. So yes, um, as I've gotten into this, uh, the more I've worked on it, the more I love it. And it's it's become uh, definitely a labor of love. It's going to be neat stuff, man. It's going to be neat stuff. So well, well, that's Whitney, it. Whitney, I know that uh, there will be a lot to come in future episodes. Yes. And yeah. I am, I'm very excited to hear Yes. Because, uh, like I said, I know some of the story, but not all of it. We just haven't had time to really catch up. Yeah. And um, when it comes out, you know, we'll we'll all be excited to see it and play it. I've been oh, watching yeah. some play videos of it, and it it I've heard it described. I know no, not no quarter. I don't think they've done it, but Ten Pence definitely did Skyskipper. Yeah. And just listening to their, their their description of it and their playthrough, it sounds like just a really fun little game. It so. is it is a fun game, and the thing about it is, is you know you look at you look at Skyskipper, and there are some of the sprites are so detailed, and some of the sprites are not as detailed. Mm-hmm. And, I noticed that. Yes, yeah. and you can tell that some of the sprites show uh show uh a striking resemblance to some very famous sprites yes. in yeah, some I was other thinking games. that exact same thing yes yes and so uh there's still a few details on the game's history that we're uh trying to get uh locked down uh there's we know a lot more now than we did okay uh six, even six months ago and um there's there's some interesting stories to tell because uh you know, um, Skyskipper. Uh, Skyskipper has pedigree, and Skyskipper is um, Skyskipper's legit, dude. That's the best way I know to say it. <laughs> it's it's legit. It's I just, remember that song from the eighties. Yeah, <laughs> or the nineties. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's just a shame that it didn't play test and earn as well. And there's even a story on that that I can sh- tell and share at a later point in time because uh, there's there's um, some interesting uh, sidebars on the game's history um, as to how we even know that you know so yeah well Whitney it sounds like an exciting project it is it's gonna be a neat project that's a great tease for stories coming up yep sure enough speaking of teases uh, earlier, ooh, ooh, earlier yeah. I teased. See, I did that Homer Simpson style. Ooh, 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 like er, that. Earlier, I teased some upcoming info about some tools, some crimpers. I want to know how the multimeter works. That's what I want to know. That. There's a little yeah. multimeter talk, and then yeah. of course the Williams System 11 switch matrix uh, tie-in and everything mentioned that I teased earlier. So yeah. how about? We slide into a, a tech and a spending my money segment. That sounds good. And we would call this segment number, we have to call it segment number three because normally we have segment number two, but we don't have segment number two this month. So we're just going to go straight to segment we're number going three. Right into three. Yeah, we're just, it's I that mean, exciting. I mean, it's, I mean, it's pedal down, dude. Skinny pedal down all the way.
Whitney, I've got an update to kick off the tech segment All for right, this month. All right, let's hear it because I'm curious as to how this has turned out because it's, uh, it is it is calling my name if it is as good as I think it is. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's not going to be a full review because unfortunately, even though I've done quite a bit this month, mm-hmm. arcade related, I just haven't had a lot of time to spend with my brand new shiny Bryman BM235 multimeter. Yes, understood, understood. So as I often do, I hide stuff in the Tempest. So if you turn... <laughs> <laughs> is it in the coin door of it's the Tempest? A, it's in the coin door of the Tempest. Oh, nice. So uh, reach around there behind you and open up the coin door of the Tempest and reach into the cash box and pull out as soon as you can figure out how to operate the lock. No, no, I, I, got, I got it. I got it. <laughs> he, I just Whit- didn't know if it was locked or unlocked. In, in all fairness, Whitney is reaching around in this very contorted manner. It's very unnatural. And it's yeah, actually, I mean, it actually kind of hurts. Yeah, you know? it's kind of funny to watch from this, this side. Uh, see, see a big man do this, but yes. Ooh, very, so now, very nice. First impressions, just wow. holding it in your hand, how does the meter feel with it? Ah, uh, dude, that is, uh, that is a quality meter is what that is. It just is. has a that good is, feel, man. good construction. Yeah, and you know something, and it's as much uh, attention to detail that they put into the case that it sits in, mm-hmm. and you can tell just the, the the leads, the wires for the leads, and everything like that are just um, very they're very hardy feeling. You mm-hmm. know, they they've got a good a good feel to them, and I just. Yeah, I like that. It's weighted a little bit on the top, on you know, for the you know, at the display portion. Nice and, big uh, bright display. Turn it on. Feel the feel the a oh, nice yeah, positive click yeah, in yeah. the yeah. Listen in the dial. Yeah, listen to this. Listen. Yeah, compelling. I know. Compelling. Compelling, yes. compelling yes. podcasting. Yes. Oh yeah, it's awesome. But yes, I, hey. I'm impressed. Okay? Check, check so, yeah, out the cool. leads. One of the things that I noticed over the more inexpensive meters that I've I've huh. been using, the wire itself, it's like a silicone wrapped cable. Yeah. So it's it's nice. It has a nice hang to it, which seems kind of odd. But when you get a, a PVC or plastic type cable, it's very stiff. It's very stiff. And it's it's almost like you're pushing around. I don't know a uh, a wire coat hanger. Yeah. You know, it's it's that's that's a good way to say. It. And you know what they they seem to get tacky yes. as well. Yeah. That's what I've noticed on the cheaper meters that I've got. They they'll pick up um they'll, they'll pick up like residue from you know just dust and everything that's laying around. And then the wires actually the lead the lead wires actually start to feel sticky and tacky, and they mm-hmm. feel kind of gross. You know. These, these are, yeah, silicone. That's, Check yeah, that's out the nice. very end of the, of the probes there. Those actually pull off. They're gold-plated. Nice. And then you pull them off, and then yeah, they, they actually, yeah, they're yeah. threaded, yeah. and they come with an adapter that threads on there, and you can plug them into your typical, like, four-millimeter banana oh, yeah, that's, receptacle that yeah, you see in a lot of electronics that's equipment. totally sweet, yes. So I've only got to use it just I a like very that. few times. I like dis- that a lot. display is very pretty. It's fast-reacting, like when you're doing ohms measurements, and, you know, it's quick to lock on when you're just doing, like, a, a buzz test, like a diode test. And um, I, I haven't gotten very deep into it yet, but... Thus far, I am extremely happy with it. And, yeah, I can tell. You know, it's got enough features and functions to it that, unlike a seasoned IT professional, yes. I'm actually compelled to read the manual. 
Oh, good. So well, good. And, and I've mentioned before that this multimeter is kind of debuted to the world by Dave Jones on the EEV blog. Yeah, and it's it's cool because it's got that it's stamp branded right, with it's it. branded yeah. right across the top. How about that? And okay. it, it, it came from Australia. Dave shipped it from Australia. It was here in a few days. I was shocked when I came home and the box was on the porch. Okay. It wasn't like I had to wait three weeks. I uh, ordered it and I, I pulled in the driveway uh, a handful of days later and I oh yes dude it does what you're talking about the back where it backlights and flashes yeah, at you yeah look at that when, you, that when you're doing a continuity awesome. yeah yeah you're doing yeah. a buzz test yeah, yeah see so I, I was doing that and you try look, to hold up to the mic there yeah look look at there see, oh that's that awesome cool? that is so cool yeah so yeah it's, it's a real nice I mean I can read it we are how many feet apart would you say we are Whitney 12 feet uh, 12 14 somewhere around in and there. The, the display is so big that I can read it across the room. Whitney's got it up, kind of up on his shoulder. Uh, I can read it crystal clear. It's it's yeah, beautiful. That is that's that's very nice, very nice. So yeah, I I hope to have more time with it this in this coming month, especially as I'm starting to you know really dive into the Back to the Future and a couple of the things I've got on the bench. Very very happy with it. Yeah, I yes, I, I can I can totally see why. I, I do I like that. I've got meter envy now. <laughs> I said meter envy. So yes, just just to make sure on that. So yeah, that is really really cool, dude. I like that a lot. Yeah, I'm really like I said in, in the manual. I know Dave. Oh, I was going to the, with this a second ago. Dave uh, had some input into to the manual, and then the link that he provides off of his store he's made some additional commentary in so yeah i I really want to sit down with it and spend probably 30 minutes or so and just go through the manual and um the 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 functions are pretty self-explanatory the the symbols are are rather universal meter to meter but it's still going to be i think it's going to be to my benefit to actually see and understand everything that it can do and, and just make the most out of it. And already, I'm very happy with the purchase. It was just over oh, $100 good. Good. Yeah. in terms of a meter. I'm very, very happy with it. Yeah, so, fantastic. More, I, more to come. I definitely I definitely want to get one of those, for sure. That is nice. I'm already thinking about getting a second one. Well, I, I'm, I'm thinking about retiring the, the relatively nice one that I have that's even in my road case, honestly. Yes, yes. And you know something? I... Oh, well, we'll we'll see we'll, we'll see how for, it goes. We'll see that we'll save that for another episode. But yes, I'm my wheels are sitting over here spinning because it's like, <laughs> would I buy one or would I buy two? Yeah. Would I buy one or would I buy two? You know, that's the issue. Yes, because honestly, whatever I have in my road case, I want the same thing on my yes. bench because it's yeah. consistent. You know, my, my road case has a because of the size of it has yeah. a smaller meter in it. It's yeah. a nice meter. I believe it's a, a an X Tech meter. It's not a super expensive one. I didn't want to be too heartbroken if it, if I draw it yeah okay i don't think i would be too very concerned about dropping that meter it's protected and when i'm usually out doing something if i'm working on a show a game at a show expo or something like that it's dark yeah and i i, I keep making a big deal about this yeah. but it's one of my sticking points in the way that I tend to work. I, r- I really like the backlight. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Me yeah. too. Me too. And and my problem is is that, that once I once I see something like that and I'm like that would ch- that would that would change yeah. kind of the way that I use the meter. Then it's like I that's what I got to get. And, you know, and that's what I got to that do. function. That feature is like one thousandth of the feature set of that meter. <laughs> yeah. But to me, it's in the way I work. It's really important. It's really and, important. Yeah. And then everything totally else that. that comes along with it is yeah. you know great all right so we we terribly 
worked our way through some crimper talk earlier. <laughs> yeah. Uh, when I made we that mealy mouth that yes, yes. Square, square up. So let's, let's clean that up real quick. So yeah. the, the crimper that, that we all kind of know and love the venerable Walden, not Waldron. Yes. Not Walden. Waldron. Yes. Now, Jeff, if you do make crimpers, Whitney and I would love to have one. We would demo it and talk why about not? it on the yeah, show. Yeah, why not? Let's do it. Or anything for that matter. Uh, Jeff, sure. if you make it, we'd love to have one donated, or <laughs> actually one each donated to the cause. But there you go. That aside, uh, Waldron HT 1921. No, 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 Walden. Walden. Yes. Gosh. <laughs> that, that one was actually not on purpose. Yes, I yeah. understand. The Walden HT yes. 1921. So there you those, go. those are the crimpers that you tend to see in most. Um, I don't know what pinball and arcade shops, uh, online shops, and you can use them for everything from the, the dot one pitch up to your, what was it? Oh, nine threes, Whitney. I'm Mm -hmm. trying to remember all my numbers here And, and they work pretty well. If you're, if you've got some time and you've got some patience and you've got some patience. Yeah. 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 I wanted something with a little finer jaw to make doing the dot one stuff a little easier, but I wasn't looking for your hundred, hundred fifty dollar, you know, approaching production quality, mass production, mass build out type crimpers because I just don't do that many. I have a really nice set for one fifty sixes because it's not uncommon to sit down and do both sides of a, a, a an arcade game connector. Yeah, and yeah. I can have if not just take you know have or more the time it would take with your 1921s i I can i can do with a good set of crimpers and just save a lot of time and effort so anyway i wanted a set to touch uh the dot one contacts to get into that area and and i was just looking for a nice little handheld basic set so i went with on the great Plains site it's a part number 1028-CT 1028-CT and, and we'll have links to Great Plains Electronics in in the show notes they were 28 bucks now okay. I don't have them yet they're the same form factor as the HT1921s kind of like a, a a pair of pliers type of a deal you know with, with jaws out past the pivot point yeah pretty much that with a little finer pitch jaw. So, you know, hopefully by the, by next month I'll have, a, I'll, I should, I'll definitely have them and I'll have a few crimps under my belt and we can talk a little bit about them. Past that, let's kind of dip into, Oh, well actually here, let's, let's talk a little bit about the, the, the back to the future. Okay. And I, met, I touched on this a little bit as well earlier. The the issue on the power supply with the Back to the Future that I've run into is battery or excuse me capacitor leakage, where the electrolytic in the capacitor has leaked out the bottom, it has gotten into the board, has gotten into the traces, and it started to travel. And in in my mind's eye, it's very analogous to what we discussed back in episode twenty. Welcome to my intervention. <laughs> The title, the titles we <laughs> yes, came up with, yes. dude. I'm telling you, how about it? Uh, or, or I went through uh, a battery repair, yes. or a, a, a battery corrosion yep, repair. Yep. Again, you know, just a quick, quick recover of that. I'm going through the same process here. I'm IDing the parts that I'm going to remove, so that if I don't have them, I can get them. Okay. 
I took a lot of pictures of it. Oftentimes you'll find in the schematics or the parts diagrams, it's difficult to determine what goes where. Some boards, they don't really even silkscreen. I've seen this a lot on power supply boards and video games. They don't necessarily silkscreen on the board the component number. You'll have to go find in the manual the picture, and then there'll be a little circle for a capacitor, and it'll say this is C4. Yeah. Or there'll okay. be a, a, sli- a dash for a resistor, and it'll say R14. So I took a lot of pictures of this on the front side, especially since later on here in the process, I'm going to media blast it, and I may blow that silkscreen <laughs> off. Yes. Yeah. yeah it, will, it will vanish. Yeah. Yeah. So ID what I, what, what I know is damaged remove all of those parts, you know, pull my inventory together, order what I need, take lots of pictures for the reassembly, mask everything off that I don't want to media blast, media blast it to go ahead and clean up those areas. So what you're doing in the media blast is at a light pressure, like 20 to 30 pounds is usually what I do with a real fine glass bead media in a small blast cabinet which, you know, they're relatively inexpensive these days at Harbor Freight. I'm going, you're going in with that media and you are cleaning the board off. And what's going to happen is, is if the corrosion has worked its way down into a trace, it's loosened up that solder mask that, that typically on most your arcade boards, it's, it's green. That green is the solder mask. Your media blaster will actually just flake that solder mask right off and then you'll expose the copper trace at that point you can work the trace ever so carefully with the media blaster and make it nice and pretty and clean and just go ahead and clean all that corrosion off next step when once you kind of get it out of the uh out of the out of the blast cabinet and get her kind of cleaned off and get all the excess dust out of the way you're you're going backwards you're working your way back and putting those parts back on new parts of course keeping an eye out for traces that may have been damaged by the media blast because the corrosion had attacked them to a degree that they just couldn't stand up Mm -hmm. so you're going to install your parts repair your traces repair your pads if necessary and then at some point in time you're going to cross your fingers and flip the power switch and you know hope everything comes together <laughs> so yeah, that, yeah. That, we, we went into great detail back in episode 20 this whole process you know yeah. some of the there's not really specialized tools the only real specialized tools is a is a blast cabinet which i said you know you most of us have a friend that has one or you can you know pick one up pretty inexpensively at a harbor freighter equivalent all right now to the meat of the matter Williams System 11 games. And this goes to the the F14 Tomcat. When I mentioned that I had the Tomcat, when I brought it in, I had a problem with it just tilting on its own. It did it once at Joe's, wasn't super concerned about it, kind of had half an idea probably what was up with it. And uh, uh, when I got it home, I played a ton of games on it, and then it did it once here at the house. Is it fun? I enjoy it, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I like it. There's a lot going. It's a... a fast game it's a steve ritchie type game yeah. there's a lot yeah i i just suffer it's a from, it's flowy yeah well that's good yeah that's good and i would i would like that i just suffer from and i've said this before i'll say it again i freely admit it i just didn't play a lot of older pinball you know mm-hmm. and so there's there's a lot of games that i, I just you know, i just don't know i just don't know a whole lot about you know play wise and in you know just enjoyment and how, how it kind of ranks out I haven't played it a lot up until owning this game. Mm-hmm. There's, there's been one at Little Arcade Expo. I'm sure there's, it's a 
pretty common game. So I'm sure there's been one at other I'll, expos. I'll agree with that. Seems like you see it quite a bit. Yeah. yeah. I, I just haven't had a lot of time on it. Mm-hmm. There's there's a lot going on, but there isn't. Okay. You know, one of the key features of the game is uh, you're spelling out Tomcat. Okay. And you've got not an upper play field as much as it's a single layered play field, but the upper third of the play field is segregated in that there's some mechanics. There's um, kind of these lock saucers in the very middle of them. They're in the very center, but right between them, there's a pop bumper. And then to the right and the left of kind of that mass that's in the center, there's two more flippers. So it kind of is a line of demarcation between the lower two thirds and the upper third, third of the play field. Okay. Well, the, the stationary targets on the lower two thirds are mirrored on the upper third. So if you've got TO on the lower two thirds, you get the ball into the upper third with the flipper, you know, the other set of flippers, you can hit the M on the corresponding target on the top of the play field and spell Tom. I see. All right. So okay. it, it, it kind of looks like there's a lot more there. Then there is, but there isn't. If that I makes, if yeah. that makes no, no, sense. I, I, I understand. I understand. And I'm sure that's probably for a reason because you've got to spell Tomcat to really kind of get in, start getting into modes and get yeah. things going. Yeah. So uh, it's it's made a little easier because you're basically double dipping mm-hmm. for for lack of a better term. Yeah. yeah understood. So, all right. So we were having this tilt problem, and. I wanted to dive in and kind of try to figure out what was going on with it. And I mentioned it earlier that the tilt bob was already removed from the game. And I noticed, and I see this all the time. Have you ever seen a game, Whitney, that's got like the roller in it? It'll have a small steel ball in a a trough of of sorts on the left side of the cabinet. And the the idea is, is that if someone were to pick up the game, like the nose of the game, like they were going to like slam it, like drop it, like trying to get it to credit. Okay. When you pick it up, that ball will roll down the trough and hit a switch, and it'll tilt the game. Oh, I see. Okay. Okay. Understood then. So the ball was out of it, which I see that all the time. I mean, probably 50% of the games I see those in the little balls out of it. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Then that's in the tilt circuit. And then I'm sure you've probably seen these, Whitney. Well, maybe you haven't, because I don't know if the newer Sterns even even have them. A lot of times, you'll find a switch actually on the play field, and it'll have a weight on it, very similar to, uh, if not exactly the same, to the, the slam tilt switch you'll see on a coin door. Again, the intention, like if somebody hits the game, that little weight will start to flop. Yeah. The switch will close, and the game will tilt. The game will tilt. So there's a few places that the game could potentially tilt. In this case, and, and for the video guys, hang on with me because there's some video, there's some content in here that'll that'll apply to you. So in in this case, I went through and I checked all of the tilt switches to make sure nothing was kind of hung. I didn't have a uh, a broken diode. I didn't have a, an errant piece of metal or something that was kind of dangling and and could potentially touch something. And none of that, all that was good. I, I was satisfied that, that that wasn't the problem. So my next thing to start looking at was the switch matrix. So in a pinball game, what is the switch matrix? If you think about the number of switches in a pinball game versus like an arcade game, well, there's a, there's a just orders of magnitude, greater number of switches in a pinball. 
All right. You've got. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, For yeah. example, all the targets that I m- mentioned in F-14, the TOM, the CAT, and then there's another set on the upper portion of the play field. Each of those are individual switches. There's a series of wireforms on this play f- on, on F-14 and there's a switch in each wire form so the game knows okay yeah the ball definitely passed through here i mentioned the saucers well when the switch lands when the ball lands in the saucer there's a switch to read the ball location there's switches everywhere and they're not just reading the ball hits for scoring they're reading the ball locations okay so how do you track all of this on the arcade side all of your buttons they tend to basically directly feel directly feed i'll get it out here in a minute yeah no worries no worries they'll directly feed the input to some logic i see okay so asteroids rotate left rotate right fire hyperspace thrust you got what five buttons yeah plus your player one player two start buttons um seven maybe a slam tilt eight you got you've got eight buttons yeah you can pretty easily handle feeding eight buttons through um, a couple layers of logic and, and and find your inputs and the processor can can read those yeah yeah when you get into a pinball you've got like 60 and and you just you don't realistically have 60 lines home <laughs> to mom yes. when it comes to a pinball exactly so what pinball does is they handle it kind of like uh, an old push button phone so if anybody knows how push button phone works, when you push the button, you, and they're, they're, if we have any younger listeners out there, they they with cell phones, they'll, they'll go, uh, they may have never what? they may have never heard a tone when you push a button on a keypad on a phone. What is actually happening there is each row of buttons on a push button phone and has an associated tone, yeah, yeah. and each column has an associated tone. And when you push a given button, those two tones combine to make a tone unique to that button. One is unique versus two is unique versus three as the tone for the appropriate row and column is is added together. Something very similar happens in pinball. All the switches are arranged in a matrix, and I'm sure a lot of if you've been around pinball for a while, even if you've never worked on them, you've heard of the, the switch matrix. They are electronically, electrically rather, in a row in a column situation. And what the CPU of the game is now doing, instead of watching for a particular input as it may be doing on a video game, I am waiting for this pin to go low. Someone mm-hmm. push the fire button. Right, right. The CPU is scanning the rows and the columns and it's waiting to see a close on like for example row three column two well it knows row three column two in the program equals i'm gonna pull this out of the air the m target yeah okay Okay, well it like it says oh the ball hit m yeah and it's it registers that writes you know turns the light on yeah it hit, it hit m and then it just keeps scanning row column row column and what's amazing to me is is that even with the age of the technology and everything it, it else can, it's it doing can do it so fast it can do it fast enough yes, exactly yes. yep it can do it fast enough to register all the ball hits <laughs> because you know that 
very rarely would the would the exact spot where the CPU is in the matrix and the exact action within the matrix actually correspond to each other in real time. Yes. You know, it's there has to be milliseconds of delay, but it's a delay nonetheless. Yes. Yeah. So to me it's it's amazing that it works. Yeah. But but that's how it works. Yeah, no, it's cool. I mean, that's cool. So what did, what am I doing at this point? In the case of my tilts, I went and I pulled out the the manual and I said, okay, where are my tilt switches? Where's the tilt bob? Where's the roller that's in the trough that I mentioned? And where's the switch that's under the play field? What row and what column are they in? Turn the game on, put it in test mode. And then I, I tested the adjacent switches uh, basically in like a, a plus pattern okay, okay. so All right. so say just for simple terms uh the uh the uh plum bob was smack in the middle of the matrix okay <laughs> that's not the movie it was smack in the middle of the matrix i uh. went up one row and i said what switch is that test it went okay. down one row what switch is that test it yeah okay so then i knew that row was good or at least i had connectivity up and down the row is it related to that switch okay i went okay i went over one column tested went left one column right one column left one column tested okay everything leading to the switch from all directions works everything okay. is connected all right i feel good about that and I, I suggest that to people. If you're working on a, on a pinball game, I, I found this, I don't know how many times where, okay, this target isn't reading or the out hole isn't reading on a pinball game and it's not setting the ball back over in the trough. I'll pull out the switch matrix. What's the switch before or after? Yeah. I'll, or, or even what's the switch, all the switches in the row. Sometimes you got to be careful because they may not, be wired in the order that they're in the matrix I okay i see you know so what i did is a quick test is that pretty common i mean do you find do you find that on on most games or i don't have a definitive answer to that okay but what what, I, what i've gotten to do is once i get past the quick test and if i have to dive deeper uh i'll go okay well i'll just hit all the switches on the row it's okay. like seven switches oh, okay. you right. know yeah and that way if i've got a switch out of order I can find I can find it. Okay, what I have found a lot of times is an upstream or downstream switch, the wire's broken or the diode on the switch is broken. Okay, and that squirrels up that whole column or that row. Yeah, he's giggling at me. Yeah, bingo. (laughs) Solder wire back on. Solder the diode back on, and the game's working. Okay, now we get into something that maybe folks have heard of, maybe they haven't called uh, a pull up or a pull down resistor. Mm -hmm. All right. Now what's this all about? And this comes into play on video games to read the, the condition of the switch. You have to start, well, actually to correctly read the condition of the switch. You have to start from a known entity a known quantity okay. okay yep so what what these games are typically doing is they're saying okay is the switch at basically at ground zero volts okay or is it high is it at five volts all right okay and i'm sure there's some variation in there but everything i've run across is is going to be in a five volt high or low type of a situation to get yourself into a known state 
you you have to pull up that line or pull it down. All right. Okay. And what I tend to find in pinball and video is the switches are pulled high. All right. So you've got your switch lead that runs out uh, along the play field. You got your switch lead that runs to your buttons on your on your control panel. All right. They're coming from the the head of the pinball or somewhere on the game board in your in your video game. Okay. They are gonna have typically a pull up resistor. There's gonna be five volts on that line. All right. Five volts. Now the resistor is gonna put five volts on that line, but what it's resisting is uh, an overdraw of current from the five volt rail on the game because of what you do when you close the switch. Oh, I see. When you close the switch, when you change, you're going to cause that line to change state. You're going to make it go low. You're going to close it and you're going to tie that switch line to ground. Okay. So if you think about your video games, um, you, you typically have discrete wires for all of your buttons, especially think about your, like your six button fighters. Yeah. You've got, a discrete wire for all of your buttons and all your joystick directions. And then you got the common ground wire that loops through everything. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yep. That's when you push that switch, when you, when the ball hits that target, when you push that joystick up, you're closing that switch, you're dragging that line that corresponds to that switch, that target, that direction, that button, you're dragging it to ground. Okay. Okay. So the pull up resistor is there to pull that line up, to bias it up to a known state, five volts, and then it's resistant to volt the, the current draw so that basically you're not shorting your, your five volt rail straight to ground because yeah. then you'll start burning stuff yeah, up. Understood. Okay. Yeah, understood. So on the video game side, I've had dead switches. I buzz my wire out all the way to the harness. I feel good about that. <laughs> and I have had instances where on a lot of video games, you'll see right there by the edge connector, you'll see rows of resistors just right next to each other in tight little groups. Those tend to have your pull-up resistor somewhere in there. And I've had games where I have walked back the, the pin on the edge connector back into the board to the resistor and found the resistor cracked. Okay. There's my problem. Put the, you know, replace the resistor. Uh, I'm biased back to five volts and the system works and sees what it expects. So, all right. How does that affect us in William's System 11? Yeah. Well, there's this demonic thing known as the resistor pack. Okay. Okay. So a resistor pack is, um, it's a group of evil little resistors all put together <laughs> in one common package. Yes, yes. And, and they, they, hunt, they hunt you down. Yes, yes. Yes. Instead of using a, a, an individual single resistor mm-hmm. for uh, a pull-up. What what has gone on in, in System 11 is they've used these packs. And what the packs are is it's a... I'm trying to think of a way to describe... This is, as we often have, Whitney. How do you describe something visual in Bingo. an audio medium? Exactly. Yeah. So uh, it's, a, it's a series of resistors in one package. Okay. So it'll have multiple pins. And in that package... Uh, uh, spread across those pins are multiple resistors in a couple possible configurations. Okay. Okay. Yep. So real quick, the, the two typical configurations are 
bust and isolated. All right, isolated is real easy. If you've got uh, 10 pins, pin one and two is a resistor. Pin three and four is a resistor. Or, uh, yeah, uh, hold on. One and two is a resistor. Three and four acts as its own resistor. Five and six acts as its own resistor. It is no different than if you were to have taken three resistors and just subbed them right in. Okay? Uh, bust is a little bit more complicated in that one side of all of the resistors share one pin and the other side of all of the res of each of the resistors have a unique pin if that makes sense okay so let's say pin 10 is our bust common pin so the first resistor would be on pin one and its other leg on 10 the second resistor would be on pin two and its other leg on 10 the third pin three the other uh, its other leg on 10 all right and that if if that makes sense all right so isolated one and two is a resistor three and four is a resistor five and six is a resistor bust there's a common leg that's shared by all resistors and then each of the remaining pins is the other side of the resistors in that mm, package. Gotcha. So why would you do something like this? <laughs> well, yes. <laughs> I mean, the, the question to me is, is there, is there really an advantage to be gained by using one versus another in, in common scenarios? I'm going to go with cost. See, and that was going to be my thing. Yeah. Cost control. That, that was the very next word yeah. I was going to say. So like a 10 pin, isolated resistor pack yeah 10 pins isolated i'm sure it's got, it's, i'm sure it's fairly expensive well it's got five resistors in it okay and today if i buy uh if i buy one of those say it's 30 cents okay well that's much more expensive potentially well it may be equivalent to at low volume five individual resistors of the same value yeah however when i stuff the board when i'm building the board i'm putting in one part that's and that's it and you're you're not you're not like if anyone's ever put a resistor in they come flat and the pin the yep. legs are out straight yeah these have stubby little pins half the length of what you typically see on like an EEPROM yeah. or a, a, a processor chip. Yeah. So there's no bending, there's no flexing, there's no moving. They just stuff. Boom, 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 boom. Yeah, and they don't break. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, now when you buy them in bulk, the price may come down when you're looking at five resistors in one package, plus it's easier to stuff and there's less, it requires less space on the board. And that's probably what it came down to was it was just cheaper to produce. Okay, I now, see. My in reading later on in the run of System Eleven games, apparently Williams shifted back to individual discrete resistors. So there may, must have been a problem with them hmm. at some point in time, whether it was longevity or it was just the manufacturing didn't work out or or, or whatever. Yeah, but yeah, my understanding is they they shifted away from them. Hmm. That said, fast forward twenty five thirty years, and these things get to be a problem. Okay, because they stand off the board, they they're just known to fail, which honestly, I kind of don't understand, because to me, a standard resistor doesn't tend to fail. 
what difference does it make if five or nine are bundled in this package? And the only thing that kind of kind of kind of comes to mind, I'll spit that out here, Whitney, is is that when you look at them, they stand off the board. If you were to look at five resistors or nine resistors physically compared to a an equivalent pack resistor pack the resistor pack is smaller so i I don't know if the watt rating is slightly smaller so it makes them a little bit more brittle with uh extended use and heat Heat, cycles cycles would be the thing i would think um i do often see these where the package will split so you know say if the package is three quarters of an inch it's not uncommon for it to be split like where it's physically just broke I don't know if that's heat cycles, what they're known to be problematic on Williams system 11 games. I see. And they're, I mean, they're, you can find them, but they're, they're just not as easy to kind of come across per se. They're just not as common as your average run of the mill resistor. So, so I'm looking here at the notes and it looked like you, you kind of divide, I, I guess there's a systematic way that you can swap these out for something that you can get your hands on today. Yes. Yeah. So, and I'm not going to go through each and every one of these. This is a definite case of, okay, you've heard us talk about it. You know enough to be dangerous. If you've got one of these games, now you can go back to the show notes, re-listen to the show, and kind of come back up to speed on it, and then go to the show notes and get part numbers. Yeah, there you go. And, and that, what I, that would be the thing to yeah. do. And what I've got in the show notes is the part numbers for basically what is the four resistor packs that you will find on the MPU board in a typical Williams system 11 game. Oh, okay. Nice. Nice. All right. And there's a few other values that are used throughout other portions of the game. From my understanding and the research that, that I did kind of getting ready for this, this is on the MPU board is typically where you're going to have problems. And in, and specifically in this, this circles all back to my issue there's one of the resistor packs that is especially, let me find the right word here, that is not specifically, but especially devilish in that it had a small resistor with every, excuse me, a small capacitor with every resistor all in the same little package okay and those are like absolutely impossible to find at this point in time Hmm. fortunately what we have discovered folks in the hobby the the giants upon whose shoulders i stand have discovered is is that (laughs) that's a good way to say it yes because i'm not taking credit for this that's a good show title dude the giants keep keep talking that 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 particular part isn't necessary. You yeah. don't need the capacitor resistor combo. You can get the much more common resistor pack. And, and in my case, that one part, it's SRC six. The only one I believe that's in the MPU, that was the part that had failed. Mm. And when I unsoldered it and it, it, I, it fell off the board. It just broke in half. I see. I replaced it and the game has been rock solid ever since. <laughs> now, kind of a point of interest and I'll even I'll loop us back to the switch matrix conversation and this even loops back to somewhat to uh, the arcade conversation where I've had button problems. How did I narrow it down to that particular part? Yeah, yeah. I knew what my my problem switch was. 
it was tilting. All right. I knew that it was reading a tilt, but there was no way it could tilt because everything was disconnected. Mm -hmm. So I looked back at my switch and my row matrix and it told me where the connector was that fed those on the play field. I looked at the MPU said, Oh, here's this connector. Well, where's the, where's the pull up resistor, the resistor packs that, that manage this row and this column. Oh, well look, it's going to be here or here. Okay. All right. I, there's my resistors. Okay. That led me to my SRC six, that particular resistor pack. I was going to replace both of them. Uh, you know, uh, the ones that fed the appropriate rows and columns for my my the switches upon which I was concerned with. As soon as I pulled out the SRC six, like I said, it just broke. So I mm. knew that it had a fault, and I said, "Well, for giggles, let me just see if that was it." And I didn't do the other one. Okay, I see. And she's been rock solid since. Nice. So nice. So yeah, like so, I said, it sounds like a quick fix, but man, you know if if. Not quite honestly, Brent. Not that I'll ever have a System Eleven game anytime <laughs> soon, but you know something. I mean, it's it sounds like it sounds like good information to know in in, in a common repair scenario yes. as well. So yeah. that I mean, that's the big thing. And, and it's something like I said, it'll yeah. apply to uh, video because yeah. the same concepts same concepts apply there. It'll apply to every pinball that manual that I've ever had open because even to this day, you're still doing a switch and a row matrix unless they're doing something magic in the spike system. Yeah, exactly. And they may very well be because it's more of like a network, honestly. Yeah. yeah. And, and you're looking at data packets versus specific discrete switch closures. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, so, I'm sure the spike system works in, you know, messages sent across the bus. Yeah. And so it's like probably, so honestly, it's probably, spike's probably different. Probably different. Yeah. You open up a pinball manual for, all, for your Williams games, your uh, early Stern games, your Bally games, your anything, and you're going to have a switch in a row set up. You're going to have a switch. You're going to, uh, a column in a row set up. You're going to have a switch matrix. Yeah. There's some good information telling you kind of how that works, how to kind of troubleshoot it, how, how to kind of work around it, and then how to work your way back into maybe some specific issues that you may have on a System 11 game. And, and again, I, I've got part numbers for the the four common resistor packs that are on the MPU that, that I ordered. I have links out to Mauser for those. So I've already kind of done the research for you. And, you know, if you need them, and go out there. And that's solid gold Add right them to there. your cart, and then you're done. <laughs> you get it, or do like I do, buy 50 of them at a time, you know. And, and that's because, what I did. Yeah, yeah. seriously. I, I think they came out on, I, I'm going to say, 25 to 30 cents each yeah. when you were buying them. And, yeah. You know, onesies, twosies, or tens. Isn't it amazing yeah. that, that something like that takes a non-working game to a working game, you know, when that's the when that's the fix? It's that, that to me, it's, it's crazy. Yeah, cool. I just, I just clicked on one of them. Actually, I think this was the exact one I used to replace the one that was broken on the Tomcat. And if you buy 10 of them, they're 31, 32 cents each. Oh, sweet. $3. Yeah. $3 and 20 cents. All of $3 and yes, 20 cents. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So there you go. There's a little, there's a little pin tech, little video tech, little switch tech for you. Well, I tell you, man, you know, like I say, there's, there's tons of these games out there and I know that it's relevant for lots and lots of people. You know, here's what this dovetails into. I've had people ask me this over time uh, about replacement boards. Yeah. I, I am not a fan of them. Are you talking like the rotten dog boards and stuff like that? Yeah, or, stuff or like that. Okay. Or any, because okay. uh, I, I think, 
I don't think Rotten Dog does any Gottlieb, but whoever there's a companies there's co- companies out there that do Gottlieb. And, and you get into a case. I know I've used them in the System One stuff. We talked about it long ago with Roller Disco, and I did the yeah. Wynumph and in that wine, yeah the wine up that's yeah. it yeah in that case i'm definitely a fan because those mpu boards with the with the special rockwell spider chips and you know that were only used on those pinball boards and are long since out of production you're you're quick to approach a non-repairable situation man brent that was back in episode five and episode eight oh geez when we were talking about that oh that long ago yeah you started the roller disco in x in episode five and you wrapped it up in episode eight isn't that crazy it seems like yesterday wow golly okay anyway sorry. so yeah and sorry, the, the sorry, soundboard, sorry for the sidebar the soundboard and that is the same way in those system one games they have code written to manage the soundboard yeah. in a in a weird written into a weird kind of CPU type of an arrangement gotcha. and then there's a it, it's just it is planned obsolescence yeah, at I its understand. at its at its best at its best yes so yeah i mean in, in that case uh, every day and twice on sunday i'm going to go with a, an aftermarket board yeah i'm not too inclined to run out you know if if this game had a tilt issue, I, 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 I'm, I want people to take this as encouragement. If yeah. you had a game that has a it has an issue, dig into it a little bit. Yeah. Ask some questions. Maybe try the repair on your own bef- before you run out and just wholesale replace the board. Yeah, definitely. You know, you may get, it's expensive. Yeah. And, and then my fear is is that you know if a company closes down, if they're if they are improving the board. Yeah. I'm making air quotes here that no one can see. You might not be able to get schematics for that in four or five years. Yeah, because they, they were just, maybe they weren't well-funded. Maybe they just didn't make a lot of money. Maybe whatever's out there is out there. Yeah, somebody may have yeah. the schematics, but, man, you've got to depend upon one person to post one PDF online and then find it. You yeah, know, something exactly. like that. Yeah. So you talked about spending money, Whitney. Let's, Ooh, I love let's spend some spend, money. I love to spend your money. We need like a cash register sound effects and everything. Just dollar bills flying everywhere. Just, you know, f- sprouting like butterflies. You, you find, going me, all over find the place. me a sound effect for a dollar bill flying. <laughs> I'll, I'll get right on that. <laughs> like a paper flap type yeah, thing? Yeah, paper flapping type of thing. I'll, I'll see what I can turn up. But yeah, Brent, so uh, last month we didn't get to spend a lot of your money, dude, because uh, for whatever reason it just... This stuff kind of comes and goes in waves, I guess. But, uh, but this month there's there's been a, a bit of a, a bit of, of a resurgence in some interesting parts to come on the scene. Um, I don't know if you have any uh, system. You know, I don't know if you have any System Two games, Atari System Two games, or not, Brent. But this would be for Seven Twenty Paperboy uh, Championship Sprint Super Sprint and APB. Is championships is Super Sprint the four-player version of championship i believe that it is if i'm not mistaken i've got one of them do you really the two-player one you got the two-player okay cool well this is um this is a replacement or i guess essentially a reproduction system to emi cage that goes over the game pcb and this is um you you can order these on clob this is from clob user mark rl and Mark's in, in Chicago, and he, uh, you know, he he's a what what is essentially turned out to be a, you know a master metal worker, so to speak, and uh, he has made these reproduction EMI cages, and they are 
they're beautiful, especially when you look at a picture of an old one set, you know, set right beside his new ones. And um, you know, they're they're not a lot of money, so you can uh, we'll have a, a link to the. Um, the the thread on Clove in the show notes, and I think these go, Brent. If I'm not mistaken, I'll, let me pull this up real fast. They look just like the original, except clean. Even yeah, except clean, yeah. So they're fifty dollars shipped per cage. Is is what this comes out to. So, I mean, from from the you know from the vent holes to the bins and everything else. I mean, it's it's a it's a pretty uh, pretty fantastic looking reproduction. Now, I happen to that. see. I did happen to catch that somebody was also reproducing the rf cage covers for vector monitors is that hap- yes. does that happen to be the same or do you know let's, you- let's take a look let me let me search through the handy dandy uh one note here and we have got oh, oh did we talk about that on a prior we we, we have oh yes. that's okay yes. that's where i'm remembering that from okay yeah All right. yeah we we have i think that was i want to say was that episode 35 maybe oh that far back yeah okay it's, that's it's, that, that's it's, obviously it's, where i'm remembering it yeah from. it's 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 been a bit i'd i'd have to go i'd have to go back and, okay. and find it but it's several episodes ago we did get into that and uh no i if memory serves me it is not the same um it is not the same person so well we, we can come back to it yeah you know, yeah no I, no worries yeah, yeah I'll, I'll i'll find that we'll, we'll, see that we'll, we'll link to it the I, show. I am here simply to derail the show it's it's all good man to, it's all good say um 1400 <laughs> times to recover old territory it's with and on wild goose chases derail and the show. Else. It's, yeah. it's actually actually i kind of do it on purpose it's all good yeah it's all good but man yeah these emi cages look fantastic and of course you have to have the game you know the appropriate games but you know for them to fit but you know 720 is very popular Paperboy is very popular mm-hmm. and so uh, I'm, I'm sure that um you know i'm, I'm sure that there's a, a pretty decent uh you know desire you know for or a need for these uh for these uh, reproduction cages they're they're awesome just so awesome i've got a championship sprint super yep. sprint is actually a three player oh is it three player yeah, three. Okay. i don't know why i was thinking it was four but okay. i've got a championship okay gotcha gotcha it, does it work or yeah, it, it did doesn't? last time i turned it on oh fair enough fair it's enough. just it's it just needs a good cleaning yeah un- understood understood yeah so 50 bucks a cage i mean you may consider that you know expensive if you got about four or five of them that would be understandable but you know it's one of those things when you see the the nice clean one next to the dirty one then mm-hmm. you go out and look in your game you say yeah i think i think i that, that may actually be worth its uh worth its weight in gold so so anyway like i say we'll have a link to that in the show notes this next one brent uh costs absolutely zero dollars oh that's my favorite kind of cost yes 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 and can you believe this this is reproduction backdoor sheets from the site highscoresaves.com and i didn't realize that they had 37 of these available i'm looking at them right now and you know what i went and tallied them up you know how many of those 37 are atari 36 no 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 30, oh. 36 they do have they they do have centuri time pilot that's oh. the only non-atari <laughs> game that they have yeah but the imagine other that. imagine that but the other 36 are uh, largely just about any atari game i think that you could think of will be represented on that uh, on that site now i've not downloaded any of them uh i'd need to because not that that website would ever disappear but at some point you it know it disappear it, it could disappear and uh i know that they've they have obviously put a lot of work into reproducing these backdoor sheets i don't know if they come out at original size or if they're scaled down for eight and a half by eleven i, I like i say i just i, I don't 
no, I haven't printed any of these out or downloaded them. I've just looked through the site, and uh, I, I definitely need to do that and see if there's um, see if there's a difference. So looking at this real quick, it it looks like these are are presented they're zero cost but they're presented in a shopping cart format yeah you have to register i think with the site and then add it to your cart add it to the cart then you get a download you get a download yes 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 yeah that's that's how i understand that to work um so yeah so like i say we'll have a link to that in the show notes and i would say um i would say go get while the getting's good on those so reproduction backdoor sheets um Brent, this next one... I could have used this at one point in time. Yeah, yeah. So what is this? This is a reproduction harness for pole position upright games. Okay. And Golden... Let's read in here. Golden Age Arcade Parts is pleased to announce our reproduction pole position upright harness. This harness was a duplicate off... Was duplicated off an original harness kindly lent to us for duplication. Yeah. So, So this... Um, this company, uh, and uh, the gentleman's name who runs this is Ken Falta, and he's been on Claw for, for quite a bit, for quite a, a long time. They they have reproduced a few harnesses, like the Warlord's Cocktail Machine. They've reproduced the Major Havoc harness, and I know that he has got several other harnesses uh, kind of queued up for reproduction as well. But, um, you know, if you go out to his website... Like I said, we'll have a link in the show notes and also a link to the cloth thread as well. You can see how he makes the harnesses, how he does the wiring colors with the sheet with the uh, with the uh, shrink wrap and everything along those lines. They uh, they're, they're very high quality harnesses, very high quality harnesses. I've got one for what will uh, I've got one of his harnesses for what should eventually be a major havoc, and it's it's beautiful. I mean, the harness is nice. I've had my hands on several pole positions, and yeah. honestly, in the time that it took me to fix the harness, uh-huh. and your pole position has got like the double deck stacked against it. You know, first of all, it tends to burn the edge connectors up because yep. of just current draw, and there's been all kinds of proposed fixes and this, that, and the other thing. And then people turn around. Here's here's where the double whammy comes. Where uh, okay, well, this has happened, and I'm going to hack in a switcher, or I'm going to slice into the harness and I'm going to redundantly wire the five volt in the grounds and all this kind of stuff. And I I have spent $120 plus in time repairing those harnesses. Yes, yes, yes. So, so, so let me ask you, and I still have an old harness with with repairs. Yeah, exactly. And I I don't know if the wire gauge is different, but I mean, is, are the pole position harnesses? And I don't know the answer to this question. I mean, are they, are they somewhat underspect, or is it one of those scenarios where maybe a lower, you know, one one extra lower gauge wire would would help in some scenarios? I mean, I, I don't know the answer to that. I'm not an expert on pole position. I think they would be underspect if they were built to last thirty years. Okay. The short of it is, is there a high high current draw game yeah okay the boards are just massive it's a two board stack you could break the stack apart you could strap it to your feet and ski yes they are huge they're, they're huge there's no right. doubt yes. there's actually two ar2s in yep. the bottom of the cabinet and one feeds each of the boards okay so the short of it is is that as the game ages as it you get some heat cycles you start to get a little tarnish, a little corrosion on the pins, the contacts on the fingerboard. You start to get a little resistance. A little resistance, yes. So then the, and feed- then the rest is history, right. isn't it? Yes. The feedback circuit says, oh, well, I'm down to four point Let me crank something. This, let me crank this let up. Let me crank her up. Yeah. And it starts... You, so you've got more current. You end up with a little bit more heat at the pin. 
uh, that b- brings up the resistance. The sense circuit says, oh, I'm losing voltage at the board and it yeah. cranks it up some more. And it's kind of this vicious growing cycle over time that eventually starts to burn the fingers on the board. Yeah. It burns the connector makes it, I've, I've had pole positions where the connector on the harness is split in two where it's just gotten so brittle. It's just cracked and wow. it just crumbles in your hands. How about that? So, and, and, and that's just all due to the, due, due to the increased heat. huh? Yeah, yes. Yeah. yeah. When, when I, the games that I've done, when I get them, I take all that crud out. I return them to a stock configuration. I rebuild the edge connector as we've discussed on the show. We've yep. talked about how to do that. Yeah. I repin uh, the connector, assuming that it's not trashed and I don't have to completely hope so replace it. So I completely repin it and that gets back into why I've got an, an upper end tool to do those 156 connectors. Cause you sat there and you, the tool I've got, you, you load the pin, you set the wire in it, you squeeze it. It's done. Done. Yes. Period. Yeah. The insulation crimp and then the wire crimp, it's all done one shot. Yeah. That's why I've got that is yeah. to do games like pole position. Yeah. Yeah. And then I've even had games where they've done the sense mod where they've wired across and hot wired the sense mod or the, the, the sense line. Yeah. I've removed all that stuff and I've gone back to a factory clean, pristine situation. And I looked at it and said, look, if it lived in the arcade for several years and was on, you know, 15 hours a day, it'll be great in home use. Yeah. And, and, it, I, and I run and, with it. And it is. Yeah. And, and in all fairness, what I'll also do is, is I will do the redundant wiring of the five volt and then the, and the grounds across both of the boards. I will nicely tie that back into the harness. I won't modify the edge connector so that I can swap in any board yes, for testing. Definitely. And then I put in a nice Molex connector so I can just disconnect it. Yeah. And that, that sounds like, but yeah. that sounds like a great way to go. So, yeah, but that takes a lot of time. It does. It does. And uh, 120 bucks, whole harness. It's just done. You know, just it's, it's there. It's done. It's not hacked. It's ready to go. It's uh, it's nice. It's fresh. It's neat. And it's clean. And uh, yeah, I, I would definitely, if I had, uh, I don't have a, an upright pole position, but I'm sure that this harness will be of excellent, excellent quality. Um, the last thing here, Brent, before we get into some news and some feedback, is I'm shocked that this is being done again. I, honestly, I didn't think it would make it, but it is. Um, the reproduction quantum PCBs are being run again for the third time. And it, honestly, Brent, I'm surprised there's there's demand for that, this, this, thir- this third that. time over. Yeah. There, I mean, I can totally understand a second run. A third run, I'm actually kind of surprised at. Um, these are going to be $180 shipped, and it's the PCB, it's the blank PCB, okay, uh, ready to start soldering everything onto the board, okay, but uh, nonetheless, it's, uh, you know, if, if you need it, then I would suggest uh, hopping over to this uh, thread on Claw that we'll have in the show notes and uh, getting this ready to go. So th- the nice thing about this is uh, is this is uh, Luke Dyson who is running this, okay, and Luke is the gentleman that we interviewed gosh what, what here here i go on another uh, fruitless search again um here hang on you're now. see it's gotten to the point where you're doing it to yourself whitney yeah so let's see when was that episode nine yeah that was episode nine brent and that was back in may of 2014 good gosh and so uh we interviewed luke and he talked about all about how he does how he did the reproduction quantum pcbs and he even gives 
some information about the current status of the reproduction major havoc PCBs as well, and he is getting close on those. And um, it's it's interesting because uh, that's uh, that's also going to be a hot seller. And oh oh Brent, you just popped in the link yeah. that I saw a day or so ago to the thirty two hundred dollar. Is this the $3,200 working one, quantum PCB? This one is $4,000. Jeez. So man. I don't know. Honestly, I, I, I think it went up because, dude, I swear it was $3,200 when it first went When you up. said that, I remember thirty two, but I don't remember if this is, like from the pictures, if this is the same board. Or if this was okay, the thirty-two sold, and I've got one set in here, and I'm not using it. Now you know what. Now that that could actually be the case. Yeah, because okay. honestly, I the, and what we're talking about it, this this may be kind of known by the time the show comes out here in a few days, or it may be gone. Yeah, I, I've noticed some stirring in the Facebook Facebook groups about this quantum PCB yeah. that was on eBay. And yes. I didn't go back out to Facebook and look for it. I just went to eBay and put in uh, Atari Quantum. Yeah. And and then within the first couple of listings that this was what I got. Yeah. So let's assume these are two different boards, okay? Mm-hmm. One sold, the other, this is the second of the two. The first one went up at $3,200, and this one is sitting at $4,000. It's a buy it now. It is a buy it now or make offer, um, and 17 people are watching it. This is crazy, but it is an original, not a reproduction, but an original Atari Quantum PCB. That's uh, that's just insane sauce is what that is. But you know what, man? Obviously, there's a market for it, and I'm, I'm just, I'm wholly shocked that that's the case. So you, you'll like this one. I just... Uh, clicked completed auctions. Yeah. And oh, come on, work with me, eBay. <laughs> All right. Um, ended September 12th. Okay. Quantum PCB arcade board untested Atari rare. Yeah. Because everything's rare. Everything's rare. Rare HTF. And I have no clue. Who I have knows? to ask somebody 20 years younger than me what yeah. the HTF is. Uh, it was it was a standard auction bid, you know, for open for bid. From Hawaii, nonetheless. It was how many quantum's made it to Hawaii? Who knows? It sold for eighteen hundred ten dollars and fifty cents with twenty three bids. Jeez, and that then that's untested. Untested. Wow. So maybe it did, maybe it didn't. That is that's just crazy. So, so nonetheless, so this pre order is going to go. Uh, it's going to run for about a month, and they need to get twenty five prepaid. Prior to the uh, prior to executing on the order itself, so like I say, we'll have um, we'll have you know a link to this in the show notes, and if you're interested, uh, hop on it. Who knows if there will be a run number four? I mean, it's taken a long time to get between run number two and run number three. What two years, if not more? So um, do you know if the do you happen to remember if the runs are the same size? Because they are, are okay, so the, they are one hundred percent the same size and everything. No, no, yes. I meant the same number. Of boards. Oh, my, oh, my yeah, apologies, yeah, yeah. my apologies. Yeah. Like oh, this is a run of twenty five. Oh, that's a good question. I'd have to go back and research uh, research that on Clob. Yeah, it's no biggie. The, the threads are there, and and you know for the the run number one, the run number two threads. So they that, that information can be found. But um, yeah, good good question. I'm not really sure, but nonetheless, it's going to take twenty five to make this one happen, and um, that's that's uh, that's <laughs> that's it. And here's to hoping it can go so there's obviously a uh, you know a market for it are you lined up it. to build one to build what a, a quantum, quantum? Mm-hmm. yep yeah Some, i'm not jumping someday. on that band. i'm not who, jumping who on that bandwagon who knows and it's not for desire it's yeah. just 
I made the comment to someone earlier this week that my my line of project is, projects is so long, I cannot see the end of the line. Well, my, mine is too, Brent. And yeah. I, fr- I freely admit it. Mine is too. But here's the thing. I'm not, I, I mean, dude, I'm not taking any more projects on either. I mean, you know, I, I'm serious. I mean, when I knock the Mad Planets off the list and based upon my project list, I, I, there's, I have no need to add anything else onto the list at this point. So mm-hmm. quantum's on, but who knows when it'll get done. So anyway, that's uh, that's it, dude. That's spending some of your money. And if we were to tally it up, it's 180 bucks, 120 bucks. So that's already, we're already at 300 and then 54 a EMI cage. Uh, you, you got out under $400 this month. That's not well, too plus bad. Plus all the parts that I ordered from, Ooh, from Mouser yeah, and... Yeah. Um, and Great Plains and my meter. So. And the meter. So the meter is 100 bucks. So uh, we'll round you out at like 650 How about that? So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We have, let's scoot into some news and feedback because there's some stuff in the news that we can talk about and uh, as topical as it is, some stuff I won't be spending my money on. Oh, my gosh. Yes. And yeah, there's there's an elephant in the room on, on news in the pinball world this month. That's for sure. Sure. Whitney, this show has been full of teases. It's the tease show. <laughs> okay. We We've can. teased a lot of stuff. We have teased a big thing, the big elephant in the room in the pinball community. What is it? Lay it on me. Lay it on us. You know, here's the thing. By the time that this show hits, hits the airwaves, we share the distinctive place of delivering the breaking news last. Yeah, you know? yeah I think we are the last one. We're ones, the yeah. last one. And you know something? That doesn't bother me in no. the least. It doesn't bother me at all. So uh, it's one of those things where you can actually talk about it with a little bit, hopefully, a little bit of a, of a studied studied eye when it comes to this but well at this point in time i've had a op- ample opportunity to back up from the what in the world yes <laughs> and in the what in the world is stern's and what is it kapow pinballs batman 66 okay and brent i we've talked about it off the you know when, when the mic was not uh when, when the the mic wasn't rolling i mean dude I, you know i watched the show as a kid I I have absolutely no nostalgia for this whatsoever, and I'm so you know, and I know there a huge wall 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 <laughs> just went out you know over the over the you so, know the listenership. I don't know if I'm alone list, in this or not. There's listeners out there going, I understand entirely, Whitney. I didn't care, and there's other people out there now that are crushing their their yeah, smartphones. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They're throwing it on it, you know, throwing it on the ground and well, we're jumping on them. from this. Yeah, right now. yeah, done. Unsubscribe now, and it's like I'm sorry, but. I'm telling you, I just, you know, I see this theme and and here's the thing. I love the art of the theme. Okay. And and Brent, I've said it before. I'll say it again. Something like that, like the art of of like Batman 66 or the art of like Spider-Man VE, it makes me want to buy because I love the art. But for this particular scenario, I love the art that I've seen. But I care. I just, I just really couldn't care anything about the theme whatsoever. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, now I remember it's watching. Just me. Now, of course, I'm, I'm not this old to have yeah. seen it in first runs. Neither are you. No. But I remember seeing the the Adam West flavor of, and I, I don't know, is it a, forever now to be known as Batman '66 in the pinball world? Just that genre of Batman. I but guess it will be. Yeah. The Adam West version of Batman. I remember watching the reruns, and I, yeah. And I, 
to me, it was entertainment and it was, it was cool, but I almost looked at, I was struggling for words earlier, Whitney, when you and I were kind of batting it around. And I think it finally landed on to me as a child, it was like a live action cartoon. It was a live action cartoon because of the color. Yeah. Everything was all the primary colors and everything was so bright and, um, everything was in your face and then the kapow stuff and yeah. all that, you know, where to me it was like a live action cartoon. It, but it, even, it was. even then I remember thinking that the stuff in the Batcave, Adam West is playing Batman. He's doing his job. He's oh so serious, but everything in the Batcave I could make as an 11 year old in 20 minutes in the garage. Yeah. And it just was, but that was the look they were going for. That, so. It was. And I think it yeah. was all intentional because when you watch it, I mean, I could see where the punches were pulled when they were fighting, yeah. you know, and you could see where people would just fall down and you could see where, uh, you know, every, of course, with the, with the kapals and the, in the you know, the uh-ohs and all that kind of stuff, you know, laid over everything. It just, it just really, um, I, it was novel to me, like the first maybe half a season or so that mm-hmm. I watched it, because I am a huge comic book fan, and I, I do, I like Batman a lot, but when it was all said and done, I didn't think it did Batman justice. In fact, I think it kind of... Um, commoditized or cheapened Batman if you want to know well, the truth of it. Was, I, now, it's just I, me. I'm not a comic person. Okay. So let me ask this. Okay. Is the Batman of the comics prior to the Adam West portrayal, is he the darker Batman that we all kind of know through the current movies? And then the, what I even see is the images from the current comics. Is yeah. he darker? See, and, and I can't answer that because I didn't read, I mean, Batman with Detective Comics, I mean, Brent, that came decades before you and I, and that's the issue. And so I didn't read any of those. You know, I mean, I started Batman with Alan Moore and The Dark Knight, and, and you know, my, my Batman was... My Batman was a grittier, a grittier Batman, mm-hmm. a darker Batman, and my Batman's Michael Keaton. Yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> I mean, I don't want to take anything away from Michael Keaton because at the time he did Batman very, very yeah, oh, well. Yeah. It, he, he did Batman very it, well. Okay, it, it, there's no doubt. It, if you watch those Batmans now, they definitely. They they don't hold. No, they don't. They really don't. They don't. But if you watch them for the period, they were yes. necessary to move Batman out of the Adam West yeah. style Batman. And there into, was still a little the comic-y type. There, of, there was. Yeah. There was. But, but it was definitely moving darker and everything yes. like that. But... You know, for me, Batman is Christian Bale. You know, that's that's my Batman. You know, that's that's what I like from from a live action Batman, I guess. Christian 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 Bale. Yes. Are are we gonna are we gonna do this, Whitney? What? No, no, no. We can't do this. Everybody out there was like, "He's gonna quit the show again." We can't do this. We can't do this. Um, (laughs) But here's the thing: I I know this is gonna sell, and and kudos to Stern. So yeah, let's pull it back to pinball. This is gonna sell like gangbusters, dude. You talked about the art as of this recording, and and unless something has come out this very day, we've only really seen a flyer. Uh, well, I thought that there was actually a was couple. There? I thought there was a couple snips of some of the art because I have seen the Catwoman. Wh- wh- who was that? Who was Catwoman? I can't oh, think of her. Because she's kind of like the iconic Catwoman. I, I'd have to go back and look at. Um, that. Hang on. There, there have there has been a couple 
little snips of the art leaked, but you know, you've added some stuff here to the show notes where it looks like they've announced the, uh, the designers as Gomez and, and Lyman sheets. Last I heard there was still, you know, are they going to pull out the, the old data East Sega Batman, you know, cause Stern basically of today came from the, the you know data east and they've got that catalog you know is this a vault edition yeah basically d- yeah on, you, on that play field you kind of wonder oh the yeah. Catwoman was played by three people oh Ju- julie newmar eartha kit and lee merriweather newmar oh. is who i was thinking yeah and, and, and newmar is who i would who i was thinking of as well i was just trying to place the name but um but but man, Brent, I mean, when when you look at this, you know, I, I know Stern is is advancing their art. It's going to have two LCDs in the game, one in the back box and an interactive one in the play field. In, in the play field, I get that, and that's that's great. I mean, Stern's Stern's, uh, you know, they're they're upping their game. Adam West is going to do the voiceover. I mean. I respect the nostalgia and the classicness that is going into this, but Brent, look at the money on this thing. Oh, I know. I, and you know, I, I've said it before. I, I wish I could buy one of uh, everything that Stern does. I I can't do this, dude. So there, this this is this is crazy. You're talking, and I'm sorry to say it, but you're talking. The bottom end of this is eighty five ninety nine. You know MSRP no that no pro premium, straight to a premium premium and up. The limited edition runs at ninety nine ninety nine MSRP, and the super super limited edition. And what is, is that? Fifteen grand, and that's a that's a new thing. I, I I don't know, Brent. I'm just I'm I'm left speechless. And you have to fill out a form it, to get permission to buy. Oh a no, Super no, to LA. be considered. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, to be considered to be put on the list for purchase. Right. of a Super LE. And so I just man. I, so the assumption is is the premiums. I'm just, I'm we don't we, you, we don't have the numbers here, but the assumption is is the premiums are going to be just. Uh, build what they can yeah the limited editions are obviously limited no, numbered they're going to be limited in number, and are, sure. are, i mean what's a normal le run 500 and 250 I, to 500 yeah maybe, I, I was gonna say right I, I was gonna say in the back of my mind i had 250 was yeah. the run here yeah and then the super limited edition model is 15 grand and i don't even know what makes it a super limited edition well, over over and above right. I, i've already heard the le's i'm hearing the le's are sold yes that's no what one's I, even I've seen that. the game yeah i read that on pin side now of course we have to take it because like i say we're always the last to break the news but i do try to make sure that i at least read a little bit you know from from that regard i don't read i'm from kentucky fair, fair enough <laughs> so um so between the two of us we read half so that's okay but brent there's there's so much that's unknown about this game and you're right the reports are that the limited edition is already sold out so get this the premium model is a grand a thousand dollars u.s more than the premium ghostbusters yes the the msrp the msrp on a ghostbusters premium is 75.95 right off stern site yeah and this batman 66 which no one has seen is 85.99 i i'm just it's uh man it's just it's crazy just, but but you know what more power to them if they can pull it if they if they can pull it and they can sell it well, then, then pinball's alive and well i'm dude. really trying to figure out what's going on here because yeah. yeah you've got charlie at spooky but he's ramping but he's not 
we all know when he, he, he will, I'm sure will freely admit, I don't want to put words in your mouth, Charlie, but I'm sure he will freely admit he's, he's just not a volume shop. Yeah. He just, he's not, he is Lotus or Ferrari. Yeah. Or McLaren. Or McLaren. Yeah. Yeah. Versus Ford. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, but, but not even with the price and, you know, not, not at like Ferrari prices. I mean, he's making a quality product, but he's, it's a it's a smaller, more I guess, uh, hand built. They're all hand built, but in, in Charlie's size shop, you know, you're 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 getting more time per game, more build yeah. time. Yeah, it, it's it's just a different situation. Yeah. You know, it's not Definitely. an apples to apples thing. I, I've kind of gotten off off the beat of the path here, but I, I, know, I know you don't, I know you don't have a lot of builders out there. Yes, okay? exactly. You you've got Charlie. You at Spooky, Charlie and KT, and, and they're in the kids and, and the rest of the the folks there in Benton. You've got uh, Jersey Jack. Jersey's yeah. just now hitting with a second game. Uh-huh. You know you're starting to see Hobbits. Yeah, I've heard word on the street that you know it, it, if you've got a Hobbit game, I, I we're just kind of in this isn't a Jersey Jack slam. I'm just kind of interested to know w- what you're getting. Is yeah, how you feeling about the build, the build or things? Build quality. And yeah, all are, that. Are, yeah, is it good? Is it bad? Is it how? I know that they had some issues with with Wizard of Oz and lighting, and, and then some playfield issues. I, I I'm hearing things back and forth, but I hear that about everybody. Yeah, you, you got Jersey Jack out there. Yeah, you've got Dutch because I think they're shipping Lebowski now. That's how I understand it yep. as well. And you've got Highway. Highway, And yeah. he's he's out with full throttle. And I don't see see those necessarily stateside, but I haven't been to shows uh, since they were what I, when I've heard them shipping. Yeah. So you've got a handful of folks out there. Yeah. You've got the big dog in terms of production vo- volume, Stern. So amongst all those, produ- all those producing to the pinball market. Yeah. Where's all this money coming from? <laughs> Good question. You know, you know I mean, these, these have got to be either, you know, uh, home collectors, affluent home collectors. Um, your home, you know, I don't it, know. You're, you're not going to route anything past a pro. Yeah, it, you, you will in a very niche place in, like in some, in Zanzibar. Some Zanzibar, he, yeah, that he'll would, run LEs. Yes, but that's a very curated, uh-huh. very niche collection. It, it is, and and it's curated for the people that get, that are regular there as well, right. because they'll pay to play those games. You're not going to roll into a truck stop in Arkansas and no. play an LE or premium anything. Anything, anything. You'd be lucky to find a pro of anything reasonably now, new. And I, I can see. And I'm I may be putting more in maybe Andrew Highway's basket in terms of production, but um, you I could see maybe a full throttle or or a highway game in a couple years. Yeah, as he really starts to ramp. Yeah, um, Jersey might get there, and then I'm, gosh, I hope Charlie does for sure. Um, but I mean, where's all this money? How, I, I I really can't. I just don't see it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's obviously out there, Brent, because, yeah. because they, you know, Stern knows what they're doing. I'll, I, and again, I'll kind of pull this back around. They know what they're doing. I'm just sitting here looking at it from the, from, you know, the, the common man consumer standpoint, they know what they're doing they're, They obviously have studied this and they, they feel that there's a market for this. And, uh, and so they're willing to go down the production of this, of this machine, uh, at that, at that specific price point. 
But I will say this, man. What we have seen over the past three to four release title releases, pinball just keeps getting more and more expensive, Brent. So I'm wondering if that's going to be the new uh, uh, premium price on a Sedelli because I just went back to Game of Thrones yeah. and on Stern's site it's seventy five ninety five. Yeah. Uh, and I'm skipping over the Spider-Man Vault Edition because I, I'm not looking at that as a regular production run because that was one of those. Well, it, where, it's it's single price only. You know, yeah. it's it's one 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 flavor of well, the machine it's, at it's, one price. It's seventy five ninety five. Yeah. So it's it's uh, premium pricing. Kiss is seventy five ninety five. Now and then he, he, let's let's wheel ourselves back down to Wonelli. I like Wonelli. It's a fun game. Uh, I enjoy playing it. If I see one, I I, I play it. I, I'm not. It's not a sixty five hundred dollar game. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's it's just it's just not. There's not to me. There's not sixty five hundred dollars no. worth of gameplay there. That's no. the issue. Yeah, you know? I'd be. I could see really considering it brand new in the box. I could do without the crate if yeah. that's going to save the money. Uh, maybe crateless just with legs call that a pro and with the crate maybe an art change call it a premium i could see 27 to three thousand. yeah and, and that might sound inexpensive but l- let's just let's just be fair they're not building ghostbusters no. there's just not much there. There, there there's not and and you know in when you look at this, okay, I mean, I, I get this, you know, Stern's 30th anniversary, and I'm sure that they want to, I'm sure that they want to build some anticipation, some excitement, and use uh, their 30th anniversary as a way to usher in some new technology and to really, um, you know, draw some differentiation around, you know, some of these machines. It's just interesting how they have how they have gone about the process of of getting the paying consumer to vie for spending roughly two X the cost of a normal premium. Okay. And go ahead. And you are, and they have been, they kudos to them. They have created a model where people are competing to spend this money. Okay. Which, which I find to be, and I, I find it to be kind of odd, kind of weird, but you know, Brent, I will say this in all fairness, car companies do it too, you know, boutique, Ferrari and, and, you know, McLaren and Lotus others, they do that. They have a good customer list that they'll sell to first and, and you know, repeat customers, high end customers. I get that, but we're talking pinball versus half a million dollar cars yeah. well, you know and, and I, I don't know it's, look it's at just Ford it's just weird in the mustang market there's yeah. different levels of a mustang yeah a v6 all the way up to shelby cobra yeah you know and then in the shelby case you're you're you know tying in an outside company but you could tear that like pro premium and le yeah because the cobra they're only going to make an x number and that's a known entity in their quantity in their number or at least they used to be or were makes to be regardless um but you can go out and buy all the gts you want like a premium yeah definitely. you can go out and buy all the pros you want like the v6 mustang sixes yep ford has to keep up with labor and all that but the market is much larger and they're not moving the price as quick as they are in pinball. And the only thing I can I can think here is is that it, it, you talked about spending your money. Yeah. Did you hear 
any of the flap of, and you talked about the 30th anniversary. Did you hear any of the flap about the 30th anniversary celebration party? I, I've heard, I mean, I know it's sold out. I've heard, well, that, I've heard a little right bit there. about it. I haven't heard much C- though. Come to our party, buy a ticket. Yeah. And I, I, I was just like, uh, why can't you just have it open for everybody yeah. that loves pinball? You but, know? but they sold them. Yeah. I and know. on one hand, I'm like, if you can do it, more power to you. More power to you. But on the other hand, I'm like, we're it's going to continue as long as we let it continue. Well, and here's the thing. I mean, I, and I, I don't want to pick things apart, but I'm going to pick this apart. Okay. <laughs> I mean, if you look at this, if you look at this uh, application, some of the questions. Oh yeah. Have yeah, you yeah. ever met Gary Stern or Joe Cam uh, and Cow? Okay, that's uh, yes or no. Does if I haven't met these guys, does that automatically disqualify me? And, and, and this is the application. And this is the to application be, to be considered to purchase a Super LE. A Super LE, a fifteen thousand dollars Super LE. No, no, no. Fourteen ninety nine 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 ninety nine. Got it. Okay, thank you. I do you save a dollar. Okay. In two hundred words or less, please tell us why you deserve an invitation to purchase. Okay. That's, I mean, that's just wild. Please submit a one, uh, one minute to two minute video. Okay. That's, oh, I didn't even see that. Yeah, yeah. You know, showing us your collection and why you should, why you should have an invite to purchase the machine. Move further on down, Brent. Look. Asterisk, asterisk. So here's the fine print. If you plan to sell this game in the first 18 months, Stern Pinball has the first right option to buy the game back. Sure. It's for sale $30,000. But here's the thing. they, I mean... You're essentially giving you're you're essentially surrendering your right to sell the game that you paid for, and you're signing your name I to wonder, sell it back in an undisclosed amount of money in in an undisclosed transaction that you obviously have surrendered your rights to controlling how that transaction goes. I, I mean, I, I mean yeah, don't get me wrong. I mean, I, I'm, I had, I'm a big fan of Stern, I but miss this, that. Just, this just doesn't feel no, right. I, I miss that that part. I, honestly, I didn't I didn't catch that or the video. By the time I got toward the end of it, I was just like checked out mentally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it did occur to me what were what was what would happen if um, I was signed up to buy a game and I was accepted to buy a game and I. As often happens, we've seen it in the community, something happens, there's a financial issue, there's an illness, and you have to liquidate and make cash. Yeah. What happens, can you sell, if you've committed and you've paid seven grand, can you sell your place in line? Can you... Who knows? Ha- and what does this mean? If I buy the game for 15000 and I go to sell it... Do I get my fifteen grand back? Or did a Stern say here six well, or four or two? The problem is, you know, who who sets that price? You know, do you set the price back to Stern? Does Stern set it to you? Do you negotiate? Yeah. Is it predetermined? I, I just, and I, I don't know. If just, I sell you the game, is Stern going to sue me? Yeah, exactly. So when I look at this, when I look at this application. It to me the application I get what they're wanting to do but it does there's no way this could hold up you know they, I mean I don't, I don't know I don't know anyway I, I I wish I wish Stern all the best because as long as pinball is alive and well then we'll get to continue to play pinball I just did not expect this turn of events with their 30th anniversary game yeah you know I mean like it just it, it just kind of shocked one, me on one hand again I can't fault them because if if you can do it do it I am definitely you know, if you can make the product and the product is in demand, that's great. But in my mind's eye, I, 
I'm wondering when it finally gets to the point when people just say the bubble bursts. Say, I'm, say yeah. I can't do this anymore. You know, yeah. this this has got this has gotten past my my ability to do. It, you know, for, for those around the world, here, here's a quick synopsis of how the U.S. economy typically works, regardless of what you hear or how many how many politicians tend to have their fingers in it. <laughs> we 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 are afforded or we're fortunate, not afforded because we have the freedom to make these decisions and we tend to uh, have our personal businesses and as a reflection, our economy expand typically kind of massively and then collapse back to a point of of self sustenance, self-sufficient self. There you go. Yeah, so exactly. It's at the end of the day, if you were to look at it from the long term, the ship sails straight. Yeah. Or it should. Yeah. If you look at it at the micro scale, it's, it's left, right, left. It's, it's up, it's down, left, right, yeah. up, down, up, down. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's peaks and valleys, peaks and valleys, or, you know, turn yeah. left, turn right, turn left, turn right. But the direction it moves in and the line that it draws is actually straight. Correct. So, yeah. So, yeah, I just, I'm, I'm wondering when, I think we're on the edge of the bubble. Yeah. Personally, I, 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 I think, let's put it this way. Six months ago, I would not have thought it. Today, I think it. Yeah. <laughs> and that's just, that's just the thing. And just out of curiosity, Brent, um, you know, before we get into our news and our, uh, I'm sorry, before we get into our feedback here, uh, real quick, before we kind of close the book on this topic, um, one of the questions, I'm just kind of curious about this, w- name three titles that would be interesting for you for mm-hmm. a Stern Kapow limited boutique game in the future. Now, you and I were texting each other and, you know, you brought this to my attention because I didn't immediately gravitate towards that question because honestly, my jaw was agape at the other questions <laughs> that I was reading. But um, do you have three, uh, you know, three themes that you think would fit, would be a good fit for a response for that? Well, question? I don't know about good fit, but I mean, I got some ideas. Let's hear your three ideas and I'll give you mine. The first thing that comes to mind is global thermal nuclear war. Okay. And, you only play that once though. <laughs> well, okay. So you know, number here's, two. <laughs> here's, here's, here's the pitch. Yeah. You play this right. Uh-huh. And you can completely avoid, however, tied to the War Games movie license. Fair enough. Okay. okay. All right. Yeah. And, and what my thought is, is that you kind of have this one shot wizard mode that if you make it there, it's kind of catastrophic and you <laughs> sort of pinball simulate a mushroom cloud by like taking a vertical up kicker and just firing a ball straight through the glass. Straight through the glass. Yeah, exactly. You, you win. Yeah. You walk away and you win. That would be cool. So that that's one. Yeah. Um, uh, you blazing saddles. Would be awesome. Interesting. The call outs on that alone would well, just make that game. You'd have to have a, you could have a family. Yeah. And an adult after hour soundtrack. Yes, definitely. De- definitely. And, I know, can, I, you know what? I can totally see that being fun. You yes. could do like a collect the supplies to build Rock Ridge and yeah. you could do like a, like a medieval madness, destroy the castle, yeah, blow up Rock yeah. Ridge, multi-ball type and, of and, a thing. And you know, here's the thing. I'm not even a big fan of Western themes at all. And, but Blazing Saddles. But Blazing Saddles would be fantastic. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, it would you be good. You couldn't make that movie today. No, you could not. You couldn't no. make that movie. No, 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 today. no. It would die. It would die on the. It would die in. Which is the, a shame. The script would never even make it, which is unfortunate. I don't. Right. I don't think I know one person that, that doesn't enjoy that movie. Yeah, it's great. Uh, and Thundercats. Thundercats. Yeah, just Thundercats. I mean, I have no. I have no affectionate tie to Thundercats, but it seems like Thundercats is the current. 
uh, it's, uh, it's retro. The, it's the new hotness. It's the new hotness amongst yeah. the tw- late twenty, early thirty something. Huh. You know, it's it's the it's the current generation's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Okay, fair fair enough. So, yeah, fair Thunder, enough. Thundercats. Well, uh, okay. All I had right. some honorables, but let me hear your. I got some honorables in mind, but which which your three? Okay. Well, mine are definitely tied to nostalgia. The first one of mine would be the Dukes of Hazard because I I can just imagine. Oh, you what, actually are thinking of real stuff. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. So I'm thinking, you know, that would be a great boutique title because man, the artwork would be awesome. The callouts would be awesome. The sound effects would be awesome. Now you got. Be, be really seriously think charlie do blazing saddles yeah wouldn't that be neat i mean the duke say it'd be so full of like orange and flashing lights and you know roscoe you just, and all that kind of stuff you it'd just, just want to hear great. the general you just want to hear the generally dixie horn oh i, I, I do wouldn't that be would just wouldn't that be great it would just, <laughs> it, that would just be awesome my my second one uh is uh something that's near and dear to my heart and it would be the peanuts characters because i just i think it would be cool to see you know snoopy on a sop with camel and you know modes of fighting the red baron and then you know modes of uh you know charlie brown on the pitcher's mound and then yeah just you know just just neat stuff you could do a lot that is and it would be so family friendly and you could just you could do a lot with all of those characters i mean how many times i mean i would never get tired of hearing all i got was a bag of rocks you know i mean it would just (laughs) it would just be great you know you know on one hand i'm like do you think that would sell but on the other hand i would have said you know three or four weeks ago do you think batman based on <laughs> adam west would sell no and my and my answer to that would be no you know and, even and obviously st- we know it will but yeah even stepping back some of the things that i would had in mind just as kind of nonsensical i mean it might sell yeah exactly you know more games i mean yeah that, that yes that that could that could actually sell. you could you could create tension around that and my third one is uh my my one of my most loved childhood superheroes and that would just be ultraman and godzilla you know just stuff like that so an ultraman theme pin so i think those are the three boutique themes or titles that i that i would like to see but obviously brent i will not be signing one of those applications and dropping it in the mail <laughs> so my my three titles and themes matter absolutely none so that's that's what i had well see okay now for like honorable mentions and if none of these would actually i up until three weeks ago i don't think four weeks ago i don't think they would have gone anywhere because honestly it's kind of niche stuff that yeah has a special place in my heart from growing up and uh the blues brothers okay. i've talked about that i yeah. know i love that movie for whatever silly reason yeah and uh you may not even remember do you remember airwolf oh yeah yeah with I, the helicopter i had this fast yeah. when i was younger i had this i i, I don't i have no idea why and, and, and I have no idea why I had it and I have no idea why it just one day went away. But I had this fascination with anything that had to do with helicopters. Yeah. Yeah. I went through that stage as well. I loved them. And I thought Airwolf was so cool because, you know, they they had so much technology at their disposal with that helicopter. I just thought it was cool. I wonder if that holds up. We need to watch that. That would be interesting to watch. I I love that show back, you know, back in the day. And uh, 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 Blue Thunder with Roy Scheider. Yeah. That was was another. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. You're right. Pinball that will never exist yeah well that, I, th- I think we just named six of them the, right there those three and of course garfield <laughs> yeah garfield and Odie <laughs> and everybody else man that's funny that's funny all right dude how about uh, how about some feedback man all right 
no. oh, you oh, had oh, a con. You... Hold on, I'm scrolling. I'm scrolling. Uh, okay, all right. I, I'll, okay, I'll, I'll let you catch up. <laughs> so, so Brent, so you posted up a contest last month before some. Uh, I mean, which was obviously the clincher product in there, the clincher prize in that, the soap. All right, the Marco cloth <laughs> carry bag in the in the uh, Richmond soap. pinball shirt. So, uh, man, how did how did that contest turn out, man? Because I think that was all on your shoulders. Uh, <laughs> It's all on my shoulders. Yeah. It turned out very, very well. Okay. And I have listed all of the participants okay. uh, in our show notes. So I know how many there, there are. And I ran over here to random.org and I'm putting my numbers in. All right. I'm going to click generate and see right. what number I get. All right. Got the number. And uh, congratulations, Mr. James Hale. Well, nice. Good good job, Mr. James. That's awesome. You are the proud owner of the aforementioned Richmond Pinball Shirt. Thank you to um, help me here over at This Flipping Podcast. Uh, that would be uh, Taylor Reese. Taylor Reese. Yeah. Taylor over at uh, This Flipping Podcast. Yep. That's uh, it. The Marco Cloth Carry Bag. And, of course, Soap. Soap. <laughs> uh, sorry about your luck, Jim. I I don't know, dude. Soap. Because you're in there. Soap. Yeah. Soap. <laughs> no. Because Thundercats. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> oh boy. Oh, all right. Uh, Jim, uh, I'll get with you and get your mailing address, and we'll get that out to you. Sounds good, man. Sounds okay. good. All right. So Whitney. Uh, let's talk about an upcoming show so that everyone's aware of it. Yes, we have got a show very close to home. It's called the Grand Old Game Room Expo, and it is happening November 11th through the 13th, 2016. And you can find more information at uh, Grand Old expo.com it's g-r-a-n-d-o-l-e-e-x-p-o.com and uh, the great thing about it is man it's in nashville tennessee so literally just a half an afternoon's ride for us mm-hmm. to get down there to the show and uh this this looks like it's shaping up to be a, a good show and uh there's going to be some uh, some guest speakers there and everything along those lines uh of course pinball and, and arcade games and uh yeah check out the website the website is beautiful i mean if you if you go on the site i mean it's it is uh it, it's a very very nice site i'm clicking through now yeah and so the the convention or the show is going to be hosted at a, at the franklin marriott cool Springs. okay so it's going to be the marriott and you know past that i'm just oh here's a hotel link Oh, very nice picture of the hotel. Yeah. So, oh, very nice room. It, it does. It, it looks yes. good. So, so we'll have a link in the Every, show notes. Everyone gets to listen to Brent. <laughs> browse uh, the web. Browse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> it's a grand old game room expo. Yes. Grand, yeah. It's a, no, it's a grand old expo.com. Yes. Grand old game room expo at grand old expo.com. Check out the site. Uh, Whitney and I are tentatively tentatively planning on going yeah so um expect to see us there and it's looking like uh that's not gonna be an issue right now but we're gonna we're gonna try to get that locked in here in the coming days yeah yeah, we got to get that firmed up all right so on to some email so first email uh we had uh, listener chris he wrote in and he was asking about the closing of the place retro arcade in cincinnati 
and he he wanted to find out he's like why why did it close do you know were they uh were they under some financial duress or anything along those lines and uh, uh brent i see you got here in the show notes and and this is how we understand mm-hmm. it as well and so chris uh our understanding is that uh you know the owner carrie and his wife kim they wanted to uh get to the point to where they were better balancing their uh, family time uh with what was uh, a second business that um that obviously uh was competing for what they you know what they felt was uh was you know a more important use of their time with their family so he closed uh the arcade and liquidated uh to refocus on family time and that's that's how we understand it yeah and i mean it's completely understandable completely understandable um, uh carrie and kim have a, a good size little brood going yeah they got they got a big family yes so. they do and you know carrie was also working a, a full-time job in as well as the arcade and you know there's only so many hours in the day yeah yeah and talking to carrie i mean the arcade was doing gangbusters so i don't think it was any other reason other than that i'm so. pretty sure it was a it was a hard decision yeah, for him I'm so su- i'm sure it was so we can uh, we can close the book on that one so listener chris payne had written in and <laughs> uh, guys lest you think i'm crazy i <laughs> uploaded uh, i thought i did a 1.1 gig file of a little iMovie i did on the silver ball museum yeah so Real, real quick, I, I won't go through all of Chris's great email. Oh, it's a, yeah, it's a fantastic email because man, he, I mean, he is really taking this to heart and serious, and and he, we appreciate that. He is touring, yes. the world, <laughs> if not the universe <laughs> of pinball, of pinball and video games. And as he does it, he is he is defiling the locations with our shirts. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. and taking pictures and video and he's sharing that with us so yeah. it's uh it's not uncommon to find a video or pictures from chris as he goes to these venues and he'll post them up to our page yeah for all to see and so so chris is chris has got this movie done and uh chris if you're uh, if you're listening uh i need to i definitely owe you a response i need to get that uh sharing link back over to you so you can upload that and then we'll put it on our page because i mean what he's doing it's a great job i mean it's you know it's a nice intro good walkthrough and everything like that so it's i mean it, it's it definitely deserves to be shared we just gotta get it in a format to where we can do okay. that so yeah so chris we'll uh we'll get with you and we'll it, make sure that happens let me catch this in any event the bt shirt is making it's it's you remember that thing a few years ago where it was common to take like a little doll and they take pictures of it like at the grand canyon oh and yeah mail it to somebody yeah and it's kind of like, it's kind of like elf on the shelf man you yeah. know at christmas time it's it, where, it, where does the elf show up it would be on the top of the world of uh, uh you know some mountain at the edge of the world yeah. or some you yeah. know the top of uh some tower some you know whatever yeah you see it in in san francisco yeah. on a bridge you know everything else so well it sounds like uh, uh one of our shirts is making rounds similar to that in any event the bt shirt is making its rounds about town uh where i'm playing pinball and video and even out for some ice cream the other night <laughs> <laughs> that shirt's having more fun than i am yeah, no no doubt man no doubt it, hey it eats ice cream dude so did that's you, something we don't do so did yeah. you see the picture that he had playing the giant pac-man i did yeah now, is that the one where the it's actually made of like individual pixels like leds or is that just i don't know i i, I don't know i've just seen the picture i don't know much about the game well, the he was standing next or anything to it, like that pointing, it's, it's big yeah he was standing next to the display pointing to his high score and it was as tall as he, 
as Chris. Yeah. So. Yeah. The thing was, the thing was huge. So uh, let's see, we've got some, so like I say, Chris, we'll follow up with you on that. So we've got a, a fair amount of, of feedback here on Twitter, Brent, and this was actually pretty funny. Uh, the, the whole Star Trek scenario uh, fired off quite a few tweets of people responding. But before we get to that, okay, uh, I'm going to page through this and, and everybody work with me because the payoff on this one is at the end. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. So uh, the Grand Old Game Room Expo that we just talked about, okay, they tweeted and said, got my Crafty Meg TPG today. Thanks to Broken Token for the recommendation. This will be handy around the game room. And it's like, it's like awesome. So another listener, uh, Peter came in Sweden. He says, he retweeted back and he said, it's awesome. It is almost too small, though. Mine was lost for weeks. Okay. And does a smiley face. And at that point, I saw it and I responded back and Brent page down here. I responded <laughs> back and I said, yes, it's de- definitely easy to misplace. And I'm sitting there thinking it's like if anybody would make a case for one of these, you know, like Otterbox makes these indestructible cases for iPhones and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I tweeted Otterbox and I said, Otterbox needs to make a big orange case for it. <laughs> and then Otterbox actually replied and they said, we're always evaluating ways to expand our options. And we'll pass the request along. <laughs> we'll keep you updated with anything new. And I'm sitting here thinking it's like Otterbox doesn't even know what they're responding about because they'll never make a crafty no. make TPG case. But dude, isn't that hilarious? You're, I'm almost wondering: is that a robot or is there somebody it's, it's, at Otterbox that's n- like, no, dude, it's got to be a robot. Google crafty make TPG. What is that? What is that? Oh yeah, that's our next gold mine right there, and we'll do them in orange, just like that dude said you know <laughs> no that's not happening but anyway man i laughed out loud that's when hilarious. i saw that when i saw that it, it was it was funny so uh so yeah so uh you know uh, grand old game room expo peter k man sweden uh you guys gave uh gave us a good laugh after out of that so thank <laughs> you for the tweets yeah it's hilarious man uh uh, are you okay? You yeah, yeah, I, yeah. It's. I'm just thinking about how hard I was laughing when I saw that. So, it's so like crazy. I, I haven't seen this tweet, and I assume that it relates to the great uh, Kirk V. Picard conversation from Escalito. Yes, at Broken Token, Roddenberry over Spielberg. That's blasphemous. Yeah, exactly. Oh, oh. Did we? Did we roll into? Oh, we, yeah, yeah. Because because I made the statement that I thought that I liked Rodden. I like Star Trek so much more than Star Wars. Oh, yeah. And, and of course, the Roddenberry over Spielberg. And uh, I think I inferred. Well, it, if I didn't it, say it, I inferred it. Is okay, it Spielberg definitely. or is it Lucas or is it any one of the other? And well, I, it, it would be it would be Lucas up front. I would say I would say Roddenberry versus Lucas, Lucas to get yeah. back to the original. Yeah, but 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 I understand the intent of his tweet. Yeah. you know, and he said that's blasphemous. And look at the hashtag: too much moonshine in this episode. <laughs> That's that is that is top shelf, baby, top shelf. So, well, that's to answer awesome. to answer his question. Answer his corrected question. Yes. Ha ha ha. Roddenberry versus Lucas. Yeah. I, I'm taking Roddenberry uh, yeah, all day Roddenberry. long, dude. I'm taking Roddenberry all day long. I, I'm I'd sorry. even I'd even take Roddenberry in a knife fight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Good. Good call. Good call. Because I mean, quite honestly, Lucas is three for he's three for six. Okay. I mean, he's fifty percent at best. I liked one episode one, two, and three, but let's just say that I I can only 
really honestly say I've ever seen each of them once end yeah. to end. Yep. It's not like it's not. <laughs> I'm sorry for all the Star Wars fans. I, I, I'm sorry. I, I am. It's, I, I've but, seen Age of Ultron more times than I've seen Episode One, and I will watch Age <laughs> of Ultron a hundred times before I rewatch Episode One again. It's you so, know? Yeah. Exactly. So. I'm sorry. Sorry. It's just just the way it is. Just the way it is. I, just, I know the way it is. <laughs> it's Kirk is the man. That's yeah. the way it is. <laughs> <laughs> so get this. So Lister Sean O'Shea, he followed up and he, he tweets, he says, when Wendy gets Brent all spun up, broken token goes from game on to rage on. <laughs> and it's a picture of Picard and Q lying in bed. It's hilarious. Picard doesn't have a shirt on. And Picard has no shirt on and Q is dressed in, he actually has the four circles on his collar. So yeah, so he's dressed, so he's ranked as captain in his dress as well, <laughs> which is uh, kind of hilarious. And the meme says, I love you, Picard. So I think, Sean, I think, uh, yeah, I think you were uh, keyed off of what I said at the very end of that bit, you know, about Q being in love with Picard, you know, so... So Yeah, hilarious. Absolutely hilarious. Uh, Sean, touche. That that actually rhymes with Sean O'Shea, touche. Sean O'Shea, touche. Or touche, Sean O'Shea. That Facebook conversation took on a life of its own with memes. Oh, gosh. That was hilarious. And and you know something? And the thing about it was I listed the... I, you know, we got a section here for Facebook, uh, you know, Facebook uh, feedback. And I was going back and looking through it, Brent, and it's like, I, I can't even, I can't yank any of this because it just went everywhere. Yeah, it you did. know, it I mean, it just everywhere. went everywhere. It was funny. And there is no way that I could even, I, there, I couldn't even do that feedback justice by even starting on it. So it's like, uh, just go check the Facebook page because it, I'm sure, I'm sure half the people got offended of the other half of the people was laughing. And between the two of them, they could have switched they could have switched spots at any given time you know it was it was kind of it was kind of funny so i thought of you last night in in regard to this conversation all right and we were actually talking a little bit about this before recording if you haven't seen this show and you're a trek fan or a sci-fi fan oh yeah 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 there is a show that's recently come to history and i hopefully they'll rerun it i hope so too it's called 50 years of star trek yeah and it it was it was fantastic it was and and thank you for letting me know about it because i would have missed it otherwise i I just happened to catch it like running i had history channel running in the background and i caught like an ad for it and i texted whitney to let him know so he could dvr it yeah and it is a combination of it's got Leonard Nimoy's last interview. Yeah, and man, I, it was so it was tough to watch him because yes, he, was. he looked he looked bad. Yeah, he he, he looked he, bad. he was coherent. Yeah, and could speak and had I felt he had good memory. Of course, editing may have worked magic there. Yeah, but yeah, you could tell. Man, dude, was getting older. He, he didn't, his arms and his, and his hands, hands yeah. and everything, even his face. I mean, he didn't look well. He he looked like he was, um, you know, it, 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 let's put it this way. His age show. Yes. Yeah, yes. And, and it was, it, and it kind of broke well, my, it broke my heart to see that. What broke my heart most was, um, I'm forgetting his name, Chekhov. Oh, Walter Cohen. Walter, yes. It, man, because he's of, a all little, the, of all the guys, he looked, oh gosh, I couldn't believe how, how bad. He looks. He's, he looks like a little. He's a because he's a little guy. I'm a little guy, but he's he's balding. You could still see that it's Chekhov. Uh, that's you, Walter. It's Chekhov, but man, he he was so he was yeah. so shrunken, you know, and just so like 
um, yeah. hunched over looking. And you know, you know who he reminded me of? Old man Biff Tanner in Back to the yes, Future Two. That's you're who exactly remi- right. That's who he reminded me of. You're exactly right. Yes. I didn't put that together. Yes, you're right. Yes, it, it, and it's we all get older. We, you know, it's going to happen I, to all I, of us. Unfortunately, it, it just it, it was kind of depressing to see. Him, well, though. unfortunately, we know these people. These people are locked in our minds because as a certain way, as a certain way, yeah. kind of like Adam West in Batman 66. True. But uh, <laughs> so yeah, 50 years of Star Trek, if you get a chance, if you're a Trek fan, if you're a sci-fi fan, it's definitely worth the two hours to oh, sit yeah. in and watch it. Yeah. And I've been working my way through it on the TiVo and I'm probably three quarters of the way through it. Yeah. But, uh, it took me, it took me a, a probably two or three nights to watch it myself. So you didn't bring this up, so you might not have caught it, but as they were inter leaving interviews with older, older Trek cast and writers and newer Trek cast and writers and talking about, uh, the, the the show itself wasn't necessarily like a history it wasn't we did this and then we did that yeah. it was more like a concept and this and then they touched on how that concept or that theme or that lesson or that whatever was brought forth yeah. in this series and that series so it was it wasn't divided up by series it was divided up by concept yeah exactly and they got to discussing Q at one point in time and the writer, one of the writers for Next Generation looked into the camera and literally said, Q loved Picard. <laughs> and I liked to spit my tea all over the front room. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> How about that? And I thought, uh, vindication. Yes. Vindication yes. for Whitney and that Kirk is the man. <laughs> right. So we were both right. How about that? So we, oh. we, can, we can leave it there. Okay. You love Picard. How about that? Isn't that something? Well, it, it, it has, it stands to reason because he didn't, sn- he, he never snuffed anybody out. So, I mean, you know, so... <laughs> I mean that's it's the only it's the only tolerable or, or viable explanation for the whole scenario. But uh, but anyway, man. And uh, last but not share, least, share some great news. Yes. for uh, listener Mike Martin. Yes, and we we do want to. We would be remiss if we did not uh, if we did not say congratulations to friend of the show and listener Mike Martin. Uh, he just had a brand spanking new. Uh, nine pound and three ounce baby max uh, and it looks like I'd have to go back and look at the date on that tweet uh, yes August the 26th is when baby max uh, entered the world and we want to say congratulations to Mike and his wife and their their whole family on the uh, brand new uh, addition to the family so that's uh, that's the kind of news that we like to hear so it's a great great picture of Mike uh, holding baby max it's uh, it's really sweet so congrats Mike I keep saying I need to get active on that Twitter thing, and you know, uh, <laughs> well, I'm going to have to. There's some stuff that goes that, that goes down. It's it's kind of neat because it's it's just it. It's a have different get, feeling format than Facebook. I won't have you know? to get in on the inside jokes and then get the great news like you know, like Mike shared because yeah. that was that was on Twitter. That came out on Twitter. Yeah, it did. It did. It came out on Twitter. But uh, hey, dude, we got a couple of iTunes reviews as well. These are uh, these are pretty good, man. Well, okay, well, I glanced. All right, so I'll, I already see that there's a good number, of he- a healthy number of stars here. Okay, oh yeah, so no, we, so we, we did. Can, we, we did okay. We can read these. We can soldier on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so this first one uh, is uh, listed as a standout quality arcade podcast. He goes, uh, "This is by Northrad's Haunted Arcade." 
I've sampled and listened to many arcade podcasters. I finally felt the need to reduce my subscription to a quality three. The rest were sometimes more annoying than enjoyable or seemed to be doing a podcast just to drone on without being useful and fun. How did we stay in this? I, I, don't, I don't know, but you know what? We've uh, Obviously, we've done it, so that, that's, that's cool. The Broken Token guys, Brent and Whitney, belong on the short list of fantastic arcade podcasts and actually have discussions and insight worth sharing. They are true arcade podcasters for the classics, entertaining and informative for both old and new hobbyists. Great listen and look forward to each new episode. Well, I will say this, uh, North Red's Haunted Arcade, I hope episode 46 does not let you down, number one. Uh, we did not have segment I'm, number two. We had to skip straight to number three. I'm we do apologize my, for that. I'm keeping my mouth shut. <laughs> but thank you so much. Thank you so much for the iTunes review. That is that is great. In, in, in all seriousness, thank yes, you. It's, thank you. Uh, uh, we we really appreciate the uh, the kind words, and we we try to try to do exactly what you've got listed That's here. Exactly we try to be right. informative and helpful and, and entertaining. Yeah, exactly. So, and, and we fail at all that. We <laughs> fail at all that in, in, in varying degrees over the course of the months, but you know, hopefully you're in it for the long haul and, and you see the, uh, you see the method to the madness. So it works out. All right. So I got this one from Bobby Bones. Now, now you got to read the last one with inflection. Okay. It, uh, I, you read your side version of it and I'll read mine. Okay. All right. Go all right. for it. So uh, Bobby gave us a great, review and yep. then in the comments he put if you are into arcade and pinball games you should subscribe to this show do it now do it now <laughs> so that's exactly how I, when i read that in my mind that's how that's i what read you that hear? that's what i hear it, do it now it, it, what kinda, you what you like all, the terminator you what know? you all can't see is is that when whitney turns his head and he says do it now and even then he's got his fist up and he's getting like he's giving the fist pump thing like oh <laughs> yeah they, so i love that i may, one, man. I may actually great. ask him to do that two three more times until he pops a vein yeah, i was well on my way i will say that so all right so yes those are the itunes uh, itunes reviews we thank everybody for doing that you know and uh, little by little those are those are you know stacking up so it's uh it's great to see those so with that Brent, uh, we have uh, we've we've been uh, let's see we've been around the horn across the farm we've uh, beat the dead ho- we beat the horse till it's dead we've talked everything through three times over this mm-hmm. month so I think we can consider that a wrap how about it yeah I think we can we can close it down unless you've got any more Batman conversations no 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 Batman. no trust me nobody wants to hear me talk more about Batman <laughs> right. at this point and you know I've I think I'm pretty much done with it too so yeah. So make sure to look around the net. I'm sure you can find us. Uh, we're on Rob O'Hare's wonderful Throwback Network at www.throwbacknetwork.net. Yep, yeah, iTunes and uh, Stitcher Radio. Xbox Music and uh, the Google Play Store. Yeah, that's a new addition, Brent. We made it into the Google Play Store just a, a couple months back. So you know what? I need to go out and look and see uh, exactly what all... Uh, is entailed from like a review you know perspective and things like that but uh, I, I know we're listed I, I got the link submitted and everything came back okay i just need to follow up on that so on the social media side facebook facebook.com slash broken token and as always i suggest folks go out and if you don't like the page uh what should they do whitney they should like the page no 
do it now. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. If, if you they, don't they like sh- the if you don't like the page, like you should it and do it now. <laughs> like that. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to make him pass out. <laughs> there's a uh, there's a lot that goes on on Facebook uh between the shows and like you, if you miss the Star Wars the Star Wars, the Star Trek th- thread, there's a perfect example. That was uh, awesome. Of lunacy in motion oh, is what that was. Gosh. My goodness. Yes. Uh where else Whitney? Yeah, at Twitter at Broken Token and in the website BrokenToken.com Whitney I think we can bring 46 to a close we appreciate everybody listening and uh, you know we hope to have everybody back next month we'll touch on some updates we'll cover some uh, hopefully we'll get to play with the multimeter a little bit maybe I can spend some of your money yeah that sounds good I think that's actually going to happen so. and until then man we're going to play some games we're going to have some fun right yeah, Whitney that's it and we thank everybody for listening and uh, keep your quarters clean and game on and uh, yeah do it now congratulations you made it to the end of another episode of the broken token podcast i promise they'll do better next time maybe next episode they'll actually listen to me for a change just go easy on the guys they don't have a lot to work with but i know their moms would be so proud we want to hear your feedback comments rants raves and otherwise both good and bad Drop us a line via email at podcast at brokentoken.com. You can also call us at 470-2-CALL-BT. That's 470-222-5528. And leave us a voicemail. We'd love to hear from you, and we might play your message on air in the next episode. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Broken Token and like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Broken Token. Britt and Whitney are always posting content between the official episodes, and it's a great way to stay involved with the show between the shows. You can find our podcast on the iTunes store and on Stitcher Radio. Just search for Broken Token and subscribe to the show. Like what you hear? Please consider leaving us a review on the iTunes store and on our Stitcher Radio page, as the reviews help out the show. Please visit our website at brokentoken.com for articles, reviews, restoration logs, direct show downloads, and expanded show notes for this and every episode. Once again, thanks for listening. The Broken Token Podcast would like to thank the only person on staff who has actual vocal talent, Miss Christy Litzy. And that's me. <laughs> Music for the Broken Token Podcast, graciously provided by Hasey Dixie. Head over to their website at www.hayseed-dixie.com for videos, tour dates, merchandise, and to purchase music. You ever had veggie straws? No, I have not. Oh, you're gonna have to have you're gonna have to have a veggie straw. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, you, Are they as delicious as they sound? <laughs> So let me just rant for a second. (laughs) That's horrible. I shouldn't have done that. (laughs) Because even if you look at Riker early, he looks like he's like 18. Yes, yes, definitely. How do you do that but not do Spock? (laughs) So let's just... Android? I mean, on one hand, I I, kind of like... Stop, 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 stop. Stop, 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 No, Poor no. Data. Poor data. <laughs> Poor data. The best part about it was his first name was Brent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Brent, the theme song to Batman was na 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 15 grand. 
<laughs> we're gonna get hate mail over that for sure. Do it now!